0: Ha 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 ha!
1: The Final Frontier these are the voyages of the starship adequate our ongoing mission until we are canceled and replaced by something superior to review every episode of movie of star trek in existence to seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable to boldly go where very many other star trek based youtube shows have gone before good evening what? good afternoon <sighs> good evening Good afternoon, <laughs> good evening. Good- <laughs> Are you done? Good evening. Good-
2: <laughs> He's just not have a drink then.
1: <laughs> good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, ladies and gentlemen, treks and trekkers, all over this fair planet, and welcome to another episode of Trekking Up North. I am your host, Captain Goodwill, and joining me as ever is the delectable Geesian from the planet Hunk, <laughs> Science <laughs> Officer Sanois. That's not right. <laughs> and this week we are joined by a very special guest, for all the way from those United States of them's America, host yes. of Captain's Quadrant on them YouTubes, oh. Captain Joe Dove.
2: Greetings and salutations, friends. I am pleased and eager to jump in here with you to talk about being buried
0: alive. Buried alive! <laughs> oh, <God>. Come on! <sighs> Come on!
2: I used to have the old school replicator. I only have the, the phaser, but that doesn't really help.
0: <laughs> I, have, I actually
2: have the,
1: the Wrath of Khan communicator. I should have really put batteries in it. Because it does shout Yeah, calm. I don't know what I do yeah. with it. <laughs> buried
0: alive alive <laughs> it,
3: it, it's one of these ones where it's one of those bits where you kind of go is this gonna lose like is it gonna lose its luster after repeat viewings and i'm like no uh, no nope, nope, it's nope. still even yeah no matter how me. infamous it is the con bit is still like the the, one of the best bits of a movie ever yeah I, I
1: love it because like family guy did a skit in it and were like uh now back to star trek 2 the wrath of khan edited for sheeps and it's just like khan going buried alive and kirk just goes ma. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: yes if you haven't guessed it already everybody we are here to review star trek Two: the wrath of khan arguably the greatest Star Trek movie ever created. But before we get into that, I would like to ask what I always ask on Trekking Up North. And I will start with our lovely guest, Captain Joe Dove. How are Indeed. you?
0: I'm
2: better. I'm better. Uh, a nice dive into the, to me, second best Star Trek movie of all time. Um, controversial. Six is, is always going to be, I'm going to be Ooh, controversial today. Star Trek Six. six. is always going to be my favorite. Yes. Six is just and it's the same director so it's nick you know. mayor yeah yeah it's, 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 yeah it's yeah he's a great director these two are my absolute favorites um but yeah you know tough week but it's a good way to round out the week when you're amongst friends talking about what you love the most and that this star Trek. excellent <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so nice how the devil are you you handsome
1: geese ian
3: barry <laughs> Man. Man. You know? <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I've given PTSD to in the chat. We were like, should we start it with me screaming? And we were like, that won't have negative noise reactions. How's your and week been? <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Man. that has, I do actually feel like something is lifted there. That has been oddly very therapeutic. Yelling calm that many times. Because uh, it's been a, it has been a week. Yes. Uh, and by week, I mean month. Uh, but yeah, no my, my show Snatch Talk is out now. It came out at six pm today. Uh, and it's a lot of work to do it. So uh, we'll mention to watch it later after the show, and stuff. But it's yeah, it's so much work doing it. But it's wonderful getting the reactions from it and how many people sort of expect it. Uh, who are in the Newcastle Drag Idol competition, which mm-hmm. is what it's mm-hmm. for. Uh, but yeah, it's just, you know you're really busy, and then when you finally finish for the week, you're just like, ah, it feels like a weekend now, yeah. properly. Because you're just like, oh, I can talk talk Trek with you, which I love, and I can uh, have a day off tomorrow, which is great. And it only lasts like six weeks, I think.
0: Wow. <laughs> only yeah. six
3: weeks. Yes but, yes, but it was one of those things I was like, oh, it's only six weeks of a year, I can do it. And then they're like, isn't that like an, an eighth of the year? And I'm like shut up <laughs> don't, don't, don't grim, do math mates. around me yeah, don't don't yeah. fractionize my work uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad though dumb. like getting to watch khan the problem was i watched it like last week and i was like i haven't actually seen the original episode that khan comes from space Seed. yeah and i was, like, yeah, no, was kind of like am i missing something here like you know watching it just being like oh could i get more out of this so last night uh, i watched space seed for the first time and then watched khan again afterwards and I was like, "Oh, it does. It adds to it. It makes you kind of appreciate him more." Because otherwise, I was like, "He's just this guy who seems to be very angry about something that we haven't seen." <laughs> who, you know, it's just the noises of here. Who is this angry man?
0: Why yeah, is he Who is this guy? I, I
3: feel. <laughs> Why is he being nasty to my Captain Kirk? I mean,
1: <laughs> I, I feel with this movie, when they do a physical release, they should always include the episode "Space Seed." Yeah, they, they might as al- well. Yeah, they, they should always say, "Okay, if you're on you are new." This is the origin story of of Khan. And then at least people can go in with a greater appreciation of why he is motivated by vengeance on Kirk and he's just like, oh, I actually get it because you really he, do he's... get one
3: side of the story in this film. Well, I mean it's... it's the fact that in the episode he is far more well-rounded than he is in the film because in the film he's totally hampered by his quest for revenge it's he's why it's Moby called Dick. Wrath of Khan like he he's literally got his crew members being like, Please be sensible. Stop being, a, you know, like a, a vengeful nutter and stuff. And you're like going, hang on. He's meant to be superhuman, really? But he's in And help. then when he... you watch Spacey, you're like, okay, cool.
0: You know, yeah. he's
3: just
1: very yeah. angry. Um, sorry, Joe, you were going to say?
2: No, one of the things is a couple of throwaway lines in the movie is, oh, you know, we, we left you, of course, the infamous, this is the Alpha five, <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> Is very angrily saying that well, you guys ditched me, you bastards, and uh that's the quest of his revenge. And it's kind of like a throwaway line. It's, oh, we left you at City Office Five. It was full of life and trees. And yeah, yeah. Little, <laughs> little chicken nuggets that were running around. You know, very... space <laughs> Brexit happened. Christ. Yeah, yeah. space Brexit. Space but the planet <laughs> shifted, and this became a desert. You bastards, and it's... you know, you got it. So I also, you know. People should see young Ricardo Montalban and all that wonderful hair that he had. Oh yes! In Spacey, it's just like, whoa! This this he had some some locks back in the day. And and also, I I think he
3: I think he stays sexy though. I think there's
2: something about
3: him in Wrath of Khan where you just like. Oh, daddy, yeah. It's well, his, no, no, no. the glistening <laughs> chest. chest.
1: Is yeah. Yeah. It is. It's it all oiled is up and ready. Like,
3: <laughs> it must have been a contractual
1: obligation where they were like, okay, you did this random episode of this sci-fi show in the 60s and we want you. Oh, I remember that. I had my chest out. Right. My one contractual condition is I must be like completely exposed to the midriff like I was
3: in Space Seed um mm. i i definitely think it's a mood being like hey i'm i'm a superhuman with a crew full of chippendales basically that's yeah that, that's basically wrath of
2: god <laughs> yeah Can the thunder from down totally. under space you know
1: the ss off broadway the way off
3: botany bay. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah the
2: bodily beer yeah i like that one the, um, the, the bottomy
3: gay. anyway <laughs>
2: Fun fact for you guys, I live in a state called New Jersey, New Jersey. where I'm the Star trekkiest bastard in all of New <laughs> Jersey. Anyway, um, we have a town called Botany Bay, and I really wanted to move there. And then I, at the same time, I was like, right, maybe I shouldn't move there. <laughs> The Why problem not?
3: is, you need to look at it on a map and like uh, do the whole checkoff bit because it's one of my favorite bits of this movie is the checkoff remembering like he's like SS Botany Bay yeah SS oh, Botany crap. Bay and, oh, and immediately this wonderful dawning moment of going eh, that was a couple of years ago but yeah massive yeah. danger. That was a
1: hot minute. We also had a poll for this week's episode uh, in relation
3: to the Wrath of Khan, which we will. Is this Lee's poll? Lee's lovely poll that we managed to get up earlier.
1: The fourteen-inch poll, yes. The um,
3: it's also on Twitter. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> <No>! the... <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Other things that will wreck you harder than Khan, basically. Other things that will. <laughs> Other things that will bury you alive.
0: The um...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lee. <laughs> it took the Starfleet Corps of Engineers six months in suits to <laughs> It took Lee What we did in Lee we did in a matter of minutes.
3: <laughs> what, what really killed Spock? <laughs> 14 inches. Oh <laughs> We did a poll. No wonder he bumps into that glass anyway. We
1: did a poll on the Nerdy Up North Twitter page. Uh, yes, I'm calling it Twitter because I ain't calling it X because <laughs> Elon Musk. And we did it on the Nerdy Up North Discord as well. Uh, we will announce the results on that because I think it was, a, it was a relevant question to ask because I think we're all going to be in agreement when we talk about it. Uh, so if you haven't voted already uh, and if it's still open... Get to the Nerdy Up North uh, Twitter page or Discord and vote now, and we will discuss that later. Um, yeah, The Wrath of Khan. A question ah. for you both. Which yeah. version did you watch? Did you watch the theatrical version or the director's version?
2: I am proud to say that I still own some physical media, and when I own physical media, I mean I own the extended director's cut. Yes! And I absolutely love it. And I fiddled with my Xbox. Sounds terrible. but <laughs> well, <laughs> Poor choice of <laughs> words. I'm known for that. What um, a lovely Xbox you have. <laughs> and yeah. I uh, configured it to play DVDs again. Because one thing that you'll learn about Star Trek movies is they're off-region sometimes. And yeah. the Xbox doesn't read it. So it's royal pain. But um, in watching that DVD... I also have the the Blu-ray somewhere, because hmm. I, I pulled it out just so I could. go... I have physical media, guys. I bought physical media <laughs> as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad
3: you pulled it out of your box for Yes, a... I've got yes, that. One.
2: Yes. Fresh yeah. out of my box, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. The... Wow, <laughs> I have the the full set in four uh, uh, Blu-ray. Yeah, the Blu-ray. Yeah. I have that too, which was fun because this is where you could see uh, when I rewatched Star Trek VI. You could see all the stitching from where Spock's wig was attached. Yeah. So. <laughs> A lot of my friends always point that out. It's like, yeah, I I like the upgrades, but at the same time, I don't, because you can see all the flaws. Like, ah, flaws are great. It's it's one of those ones, like, it's like, I can't
3: remember if it was Discovery or Strange New Worlds, but where you can very much tell that Spock's ears aren't blended correctly. Like, where you can blatantly tell that they're just stuck on. (laughs) You
2: know? Uh, Oh, I want to say Strange New Worlds, because, like, or maybe at the end of Discovery Season 2, which we just watched yesterday. Yeah,
3: because I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of them, and all I was looking at was the the
2: ear tips where they yeah when he, he after he I shaved. like he was me. he was overly hairy and then he like shaves at the last scene of the last yeah. episode. I think so. I think it was Discovery. I, I you know they figured out would pay attention. I, I
3: like how many how many famous characters have like you know bits in their history where they just grew a beard for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's just like,
2: and it was so I thought it was Mirror Universe Spock, no yeah. joke, because <laughs> <laughs> he's all bearded up. Yeah, and then it wasn't. And I was like, what? <laughs> but you know, troubled youth. Um,
0: your-
3: yeah. i have no idea which version of khan i watched i watched the paramount plus one and i don't know if that's extended that will be the normal. crap
1: version because paramount plus just seemed to completely mishandle star trek and yes i said it to come at me bro um
3: to be fair the graphic the the graphics seemed updated like the the special effects seemed a lot like you know well, but yeah they Ooh, yeah or originally- i don't know if that means that it's the best version
1: I think everything on Paramount Plus is 4K, but there is two Correct. versions of the film. There's a theatrical one and the, 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 the Nick Mayer one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nick Mayer one is extended, like Joe said.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and,
2: two discs.
1: Yeah. And it's that that is my favourite. Uh, this was the only Star Trek film to be recognised at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh. Um, which is, you know, for a science fiction movie... Is practically unheard of. Yeah, widely regarded as the greatest Star Trek film of all time. However, I agree with Sunoise. You need to appreciate this film by watching Space Seed, because when you watch The Wrath of Khan without any knowledge of Space Seed from the original series, you kind of get a one-sided story. Mm-hmm, so you yeah. you 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 really just hear. What Khan wants you to hear, and then you get a little bit of exposition from Kirk because he's, oh, I, you know, someone I fought with 15 years ago, now out for vengeance, and you're just like, okay, but why? What was, All we are getting is that you marooned them. But when you watch Space Seed, because you Khan tried, yeah, because Khan tried to take over the Enterprise after the Enterprise found the Botany Bay, which was launched from Earth in the mid '90s. Khan uh, and his crew are all genetically superior augments. Um, for those that don't know, there is a period in Star Trek history called the Eugenics Wars, which seem to be shifting time periods every bloody series at
2: the moment, because it was <laughs> yeah, the well, 90s. Yeah, well, yeah, because we've already passed the 90s. Yeah. Oh, shit, the Eugenics War was in the 2090s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, um,
1: but basically, in, in this version of Star Trek, uh, Khan, in the 90s, was a leader of a quarter of the population of Earth. Uh, There was a massive war, devastating war. Millions died and chased into exile. Basically, Khan and his loyal followers escaped Earth on a ship called the Botany Bay. So they fled into space. um, From New Jersey. From New Jersey. And, uh, <laughs> oh, did they, did, maybe they
0: should
3: have just taken all of New Jersey with them. Just like, you I know, know would put, put some enough. like engines on the bottom of it. And just when they were launching,
1: when they were like flying up into the atmosphere, we were just like, oh, I fly here. Um, they're flying they're, over here. flying the... over here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so they disappeared and no one had heard from them. No one had found them or anything like that until the Enterprise discovered the ship uh, 200 years later khan and his crew subsequently then try to take over the enterprise because they are genetically superior in mind and strength they fail uh but kirk
2: Kirk Fu, baby
1: kirk Fu, but kirk yeah. in his infinite wisdom goes we will not maroon you but we will set you down on a colony uh on, not on a, colony, on a on a planet on a, de- a deserted planet suitable for life And we will give you all the facilities that you need to make a thriving civilization. And that will be your kingdom. That will be your planet to rule as you see fit. And one of the lines in the original series episode is like, it would be interesting to visit in decades to see what progress they have made. And as we find out, they never fucking did it, they just left him.
2: That that was the job of the Cerritos. Yeah. Second
3: contact. Yeah. I, I think it just required like him just to put a like a reminder in his calendar or something, being like sort of, oh by the way, check on superhuman colony. But uh the thing is they do say a hundred years, so technically they don't forget about them. They just had a really stupid long time before checking on yeah. them, you know.
1: It's it's very but, but that is the basis of the original series episode which of course inspired this movie which was originally called The Vengeance of Khan before it was changed to The, the Wrath of Khan as we know right. um, I think coming off the motion picture they learnt a lot because the motion picture was let's be honest, it was a cash grab for Paramount to, to, to cash in on the popularity of Star Wars they had a science right. fiction franchise what could we use against Star Wars? oh we've got Star Trek, there we go They realised with The Wrath of Khan that it could go its own way and that it could be more mature. And Star Trek could be darker and Mm. and more grown up than what it had been up until this point. And we got so many wonderful things from this. We got the monster maroon uniform. (laughs) We got this. (laughs) One of the greatest uniforms. This is the
3: first time I feel underdressed for this podcast and I'm wearing <laughs> fucking velvet. You know? It's part yeah. of
1: your Geishian culture, though, to wear velvet. It's it's fine. It's Wait, No,
3: it's part of my Geishian culture, just to spit upon the expectations of other cultures. <laughs> <laughs> nice. it's, kind of, it's, it's literally just being like sort of a dickhead. So. But we we got
1: um, Kirstie Alley mm. as a R.I.P. Uh, That ended badly, though, but if we're going to do Kirstie Alley in later years, she is good in this movie. But we got the Kobayashi Maru, the introduction. We got to see it. We got to see the the Kobayashi Maru. This was just, this was the acknowledgement of a crew becoming past their prime. Mm. Um, And this was, for me, this was humanizing the Enterprise crew. This was showing that they are not like impervious, they are completely fallible. Um, you know, they, they, they could, they, they are not these superhero people that can just, oh, we could just do this, save the galaxy, and move on to the next one. These are just like, there is risk, there is serious jeopardy. Um, and holy crap, the music in this film is
2: just—it's
0: mm. mm. <laughs> it's absolutely... I, I kind
3: of think though that it's it's helped by the the main theme not being as strong as for the motion picture. Yes, just went, next we have to theme reuse theme. this because because the the theme what becomes the next generation theme. Yeah. Is so good that the guys are just like, we just have to use this all over the shop and it kind of spoils things a bit. Whereas this yeah. has a proper well thought out and engaging soundtrack. It's right. it's very,
1: because it was at an era where Blade Runner had just come out um, and it was very, that, that dark sci-fi where it had, I mean, as Watch. you guys, yeah, as you guys have just heard there in the little caption, in the northeast of England. That is literally <laughs> the intro for the, the Wrath of Khan thing. It is just, it is dark. It is just one note all the way through. I love, though, how Nick Mayer brought a militaristic theme and tone to Star Trek mm. with this film, how it felt more, gra- although it is science fiction 200 years in the future, it felt more grounded in reality, and everything just felt more real, more gritty. Um And, and,
3: I, and I think that's the maturity of it, though. It's yeah, like, like we're saying, it's like, I mean, I'm going to say my piece here, where it's yeah. the fact of, this is the first Star Trek movie, okay? Yes. This the the first one, obviously we discussed it last month. I hated it if I am be honest. The more I think about it the it more It was shit porn. That was, it was terrible. You know. It was it was not a good movie. This is an amazing movie. This is the this is the best translation of going here is Star Trek, here's how we make it into a feature length film. Yeah. And it does it spectacularly. And then it allows the characters to age. Like it's Because they're telling the same story that they had from the first one. This basically retcons the first movie. It basically just goes, hey, you know how we were telling that story about how Kirk shouldn't have got promoted and he really wants to be out in space and stuff? We're just going to tell it again like it didn't happen in the last one. Uh, But do a better job with it where it's like, you know, where it's got him and McCoy like at his birthday and he's like reminiscing about stuff and McCoy's like, you should not have, you should have refused the promotion. You should have like, you know, got back it out. Your space your last you best want.
1: destiny is is being yeah. out there, is being a captain and
3: yeah. And that's the realest thing. Like the idea of just, you know, it's not just, oh, have crazy adventures like in the series. It's basically going as you're getting older, you've got to think about what's important to you. You've got to th- you've got to make hard decisions and stuff. And that's exactly what this it's, movie is. And and Kirk's arc in it is great. It's 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 very
1: it, it hits home. Uh and it, it hit home for me. Uh, when I rewatched it again upon reflection after everything that's happened, where it's just like where, where Spock says, Being a captain is your last best destiny, your last greatest mm. destiny.
2: It is who you are meant you think to be. Spock just wanted the promotion over him, though? Well, he <laughs> I mean, has no ego like, to he bruise. Anyway. I should be your boss. Yeah. Uh, he I'm has sure. no
1: <laughs> ego to bruise, let's not forget. No, no, of course not. It's, of course not. Uh, but it, it makes you realize that. In in life, they say you must strive for the next thing, you must strive for this promotion, you must yeah. you have to better yourself, you know. And some people get to a position in life where they are extremely comfortable. They are happy in their place of work, they are happy in their lane in life, and then they get a promotion, and then they are no longer comfortable, they are no longer happy. Yes, you know, they've got more money, but they are not as fulfilled as they were in a lower position of the job and this mm. is sort of telling that in a futuristic star trek sense where it's just like it's brilliant that he got promoted as head of starfleet opera but he is not emotionally fulfilled by this yeah. because his his real passion is exploring the galaxy because he is a natural born explorer he's he is born to be out there in space. He is not born to sit behind a desk. And, it, you know, for, for people watching it, it, it helps them realise, well, what is my place in life? What is my destiny? Mm. What am I supposed to do? And I think it made me reflect on what we do here at Trekking Up North, where it's just mm. like, well, I've spent...
3: Or don't do in my
1: Or case. don't do, yeah. <laughs> I spent, I've spent spent 14 years of, of my life doing a job that... It pays the bills and I am good at it, but I am not fulfilled by that role. It does not give me uh, satisfaction on a fundamental level. Whereas doing this, it doesn't pay as much, obviously, but I get so So much... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, I, <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> wow! Congratulations. Basically, I,
3: I think Paul throws some <laughs> coins at his feet occasionally, and he has to be like, "Thank Bank your cult leader." Thank <laughs> God! <laughs> thank,
1: <laughs> thank God for the offshore Cayman account. The nice. um, right.
3: the I got uh, an offshore Cayman account. Is that the same? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: and I keep telling you wait, to remove
3: so... my number from that book. The
0: uh... <laughs>
2: oh, so wait, wait. wait. Uh, one thing I got to ask you is, um. Being a teacher is in, in England is not fulfilling anymore. Is that what you do, right? You're a teacher. I am
1: absolutely not a teacher. Um, I should <laughs> be a teacher, though. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: Good morning, Mr. Goodwill. <laughs> no, oh, I no, sound no, like how, I should be on a register.
2: Duster at me the next time. Oh, I'll <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I was going to yeah. follow up with because Goodwill's like, F them kids, I want to be out talking about Star Trek. But, it's, but <laughs> that's the thing, but That's the thing, kids.
1: like, in, in doing this over the last year, it's like, this has been more emotionally fulfilling. This has given me real purpose in life. And it's sort of helped me regain a love for something I did a lot of before I moved into what I do now. And it's sort of like reignited the passions. And.
3: Wait, I. Like...
1: And you can see this within Kirk, because even at the end of the film, because at the beginning of the film, he feels old. He mm. feels in, you know, he feels old and feels in, the, in uh, the way. At the end of this film, how do you feel? I feel young. He, You know, mm. everything has happened, but he feels young again because he's, he is in the position um, that he knows best, that he is the most comfortable in. Um, the The turmoil in getting there also shapes Kirk. And I believe, because we, we say this a lot in Trekking Up North, Kirk in the original series, for the most part, is not a good captain.
0: Mm.
1: He does mm. make some questionable decisions. Requiem for Methuselah, for example.
0: <laughs> Leave <laughs> us alone, we're fighting over a woman. And
2: yeah.
1: it's, and a it's robot. J-
2: She's a robot, Jim. Yeah. It's all right. I had fleshlights in the 20th. <laughs>
1: Damn it, Jim, that's a cog.
2: And it's
1: <laughs> but it's uh, but in from the wrath of Khan onwards, and especially in Search for Spock, we see the humanization of Kirk. We see a more well rounded James Kirk that has to, I, you know, has to wrestle with his prejudices, has to wrestle with his demons, has grudges, has a deep seated issue within him that he wrestles all the way through these movies, all the way up to the Undiscovered Country, as we see. Um, and this is the starting point for it. And there is Wait. one scene where we just see Kirk. And and, and I think it's, it's brilliant acting from Shatner because it's a broken Kirk for the first mm. time. We've never seen it in a, in, a, in a way that's like, this is a hero that, you know, all the way through the original series, this is like, everyone wants to be Captain Kirk, he's the hero, he's the greatest person. And then we just see, shit, he, even Kirk can be emotionally compromised and even Kirk is fallible.
3: It, it's the it's the end of the dream, effectively. It's like we've seen Kirk, where he's constantly winning and he's constantly in charge of stuff, and he's able to do whatever he wants. Like you know, and obviously that's part of what I think spoils him as a character a little bit. But then in this, we basically go here's consequences. Here is actually going. Yeah. You can't have everything. Like with what well, obviously spoilers, but if you're watching this and you haven't seen Lap, gone, where the hell you uh, are you? Uh, shall, I, when, shall I give him a quick? Shall I give dies, I... it's the uh, when Spock dies, it's the idea of just being like oh oh it's all very real now it's not just flying around the galaxy and luckily always being on top and stuff like that you know it's and i think it does make him go oh okay i need to rethink sort of my place and everything and whatnot but this is I think the wonderful thing about the sorry i just want to talk about like I don't know. jobs and stuff but the idea of the joy of Trek is that we we don't we're not limited by capitalism like we have here, where people have to have jobs that they don't want to do and they have to live out lives that they don't want to be living out because they have to exist. They they have to work at McDonald's, even though they don't want to because they need to pay the bills in order to you know eat. And in in the Trek universe, we basically see what happens when they just go, hey, the essentials are free. Do what you want. Follow your dreams. You can play any role in society and no role in society has stigma where it's like oh you want to be a hairdresser cool oh you want to like own a restaurant cool you know it's about finding that passion and yeah. through
1: that passion you gain satisfaction and respect
3: yeah it's that thing it's like you know it's not communism per se but it's the idea of just going look do what makes you happy and contribute to the whole yeah but what we see in this though is that there's another side of it of there's still expectation there's still kind of oh but you're meant to progress you're meant to go bigger like oh if you're a chef you need to become a massive chef and you need to have all these restaurants and do all of this and stuff and oh you're a starfleet captain well you naturally want to become an admiral and get a desk job where you're not doing the scary stuff and whatnot and and then you kind of realize no you can and and it's a lesson for life that you can finish halfway up the ladder and go. That's cool. I'm fine. I'm with happy that. here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need the big bucks. I don't need that. And I think that's something that comes with age. And that's the recurring theme of this movie: the whole, you know, getting older, getting wiser, but then having to look back on your life and being like, could have done better there. Because yeah, all of this entire movie is because like Kirk let him live. You know, that's it's... that's the big question of going. This wouldn't happen.
2: Well, not only that, would but... you
3: not have just gone? Hey, cool, war criminal. Yeah, just have a planet.
2: You know, just. Like... <laughs> the other thing is, though, it's also a testament of the Kobayashi Maru because, hmm. as we know, he was the only person to beat the Kobayashi Maru in actuality. Supposedly. By cheating and avoiding his responsibility. Exactly, you know? and that I think that's the undertone uh, talk about this movie is: Hey, you have to face a situation where you are not going to win. And he's like eating his apple on a no-win situations. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like yeah. this yeah, is I've, the first I've time where he's actually goes, oh crap, it's... I can't win here. I'm gonna either lose somebody, lose my ship, or you know, uh, other worse things. Lose the Genesis Project. It was too much at stake all at once. So this is this was his actual Star Trek Two. Kobayashi Maru was the other name the... for this. <laughs> well, the general
1: synopsis of this film um, is basically the. Khan is seeking vengeance against Kirk for marooning him on a planet fifteen years ago. Now, this all comes about because uh, Chekhov on the USS Reliant is is the first officer on this, and they are looking for a suitable planet, uh, which is completely devoid of all life uh, and all any preanimate matter or anything like that, so they could launch uh, this um, device Bro, called Genesis the genesis yeah. uh and which is terraforming it, it is it's, it's, yeah. it's, a planet. it's rapid terraforming yeah yeah so the essentially they've they oh seven this... days but
2: here genesis five hours
1: yeah <laughs> and it, and it this this device once fired into a planet can completely terraform that planet in the ma- in a matter of minutes It can reorganize matter into life generating organ, you know, life generating uh, matter, organisms, water, atmosphere. And basically, what what they are trying to say is at this period in Star Trek, you know, there is an issue with uh, galactic food and population because the Federation is growing at a rapid scale, populations are growing, but they are. As, as much as it was in the early 80s, they would go, well, we might not have enough food, we might not have enough space to accommodate all these people, so what do we do? And these scientists came up with this creation where, hey, we can, instead of taking 200 years to terraform someone, we we can do it in six minutes. We can terraform an entire planet. Now, I love the the um, the moral implications and, and I, I and I love the fact that McCoy is the one that brings the moral implications into this because everyone up until when they find out what Genesis is, he's just like, "This is brilliant. It can change, you know, change the galaxy." And he's just like, "What is if? What if this is used on a planet that already has life on it? Oh well, it'll just erase that in favor of its new matrix."
3: The restart. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like that Bones goes nuts about this. Yeah. I love that McCoy when McCoy's like. Whoa, the implications. And it's very relevant to what we have nowadays with stuff like AI, because you can happily look at AI and stuff like AI art and be like, that's amazing. How cool is that? Oh, that's revolutionary. But then when you think of it in context, you're just like, oh, oh, that's terrible. Because yeah. all the jobs it'll get rid of. Like mm-hmm. I, I have the two mates who have lost their jobs to AI in the last like month. Because yeah. it just goes, oh, we don't need you anymore. This AI thing is going to do your entire job for you. And... And that's the thing with the idea of Genesis just being like this is cool, but like isn't it gonna do you know a destroy life and all the the other implications are basically like going, you know, you can have perfect planets and won't it detriment other planets, you know? <laughs> like-
1: yeah, and it's and and so so what, what happens is they, they find a planet in the Seti Alpha system. Seti Alpha Seti
2: Alpha Five
1: <laughs> Well they think it's Seti Alpha six. Right. So right.
3: they 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 Would- wouldn't they be sort of? Let's not go there. That's a bit close to you know But <laughs> yeah, I
0: suppose though,
3: <laughs> I, I suppose though, he had no ability
1: to get off the planet, so they were just like, "Well, he's obviously not a threat. He's he's, he's
3: a fucking superhuman. He could have like, just sellotaped some sandworms together." And made Are you saying
1: he's the MacGyver of the twenty third century? Is that what you were saying? <laughs> Are you,
3: to be he's back, got them go on, on a big. I'm gonna go on a big rant later about how Khan is actually pretty shit, uh, but like the way he's bigged up in all of Star Trek lore, you just go, he should have been able to fix the bloody ship, you know? He learned engineering and how the Enterprise worked in like a scene, but he didn't like, know yeah. the prefix code. Yeah, and then this one, it's like, but you can't fix the actual Botany Bay, can you? Oh well, never mind. Then. Well, they know <laughs> though.
1: They 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 jettisoned the Botany Bay in space. Sea. they gave him just containers. They they set him down on the cargo containers. They did not give him a ship at all.
3: No, they, we could have made something, you know. But, it could have,
1: sort of, who am I thinking of? I don't know. So, so they... Scrappy challenged it. They, they find SETI Alpha 6 and they go, it's completely devoid of life. And then Chaka goes, well, not necessarily. We, we're detecting some sort of matter on the planet. We, it might be a clog in our senses, but we need to go check. They beam down. They find a host of cargo containers welded together. And as they are going through, they see, like, old computers, old chess sets, food, tin food. And then Chekhov comes across a seatbelt and he's like, "Botany Bay. Botany Bay. (laughs) Oh, damn! And he shits himself.
3: And as the that is my it, favorite Chekhov scene I've had so yeah. far. Like they, I love it. But the
1: the the sudden realization of where he is, and they're right there on the screen. There, as soon as they walk out the containers, <laughs> yeah. they are all there waiting for him. Um, and this is all a while back on Earth, where Kirk is is supervising the Kobayashi Maru simulation for Lieutenant Savak. Um It must have been weird in the cinema in 1982. I believe was it 1982.
3: Yes, um, unfortunately, where, after being, why am i watching strippers in space yeah oh, <laughs> it must have been
1: weird for the cinema goers to just watch in the first five minutes watch the entire Everybody. crew die yeah and then <laughs> and then just like all right who's this woman why is she in charge and why is everyone dead
3: and then just say hold, hold on can we can we just put can i it's it's d de- it's a tangent but like that opening scene is amazing because obviously they had not thought of the holodeck yet that obviously becomes famous in next generation right and i just love the idea that all these really really famous people just have to be sitting in on the exam because basically if you haven't seen it the the scene is it starts off and it sounds like a real crew situation and then it turns out that actually with like you know them getting attacked and all of the things that we see spock get blown up and thrown away from the console we see bones dying we see the whole crew like killed because of this uh thing and then it turns out to be a training exercise where it was actually uh kirstie ali's uh, what's her name uh, savik? Savik. Savik, savik savik's uh like you know captain's exam which he fails and i just love the idea that you know that's like literally just getting like i don't know like tom cruise or something just sitting on your exam and then just pretend to die at some <laughs> yeah point. like spock like someone as famous as spock just lying on the ground playing dead and it's so weird
1: but it but it all comes about because the enterprise although she is a famous ship she has now become a training vessel for for cadets Hmm. so uh they are essentially training these new cadets on um how to man a starship uh going through the captain's exam for for savok with the Kobe maru uh, and as Kirk says, you know how how we deal with death is equally as important as how we deal with life. Mm. Um, and you know what what would be your recommendation? Prayer, Uh The Klingons don't take prisoners, and yeah. it's it's essentially there is a there, it's they're all fresh faced cadets this is a training cruise they're all going to the enterprise it's kirk's birthday but they are all going to go into the enterprise for this three week training crew uh, training cruise to train this this new young inexperienced crew on how to operate a starfleet vessel all the while kirk is feeling very melancholy because it is his birthday um mm. he's being given a book the tale of two cities by charles dickens um by spock you know it was the best of times it was the worst of times um and i love the fact that that bones out of everything gives him romulan ale and glasses
0: mm-hmm. well, here's I, some I, more I, brandy I, <laughs>
3: yeah. he's like yeah, by the way you need glasses but this will soften the blow uh, and yeah. I, I love that it's illegal as well like, uh, oh, the romulan like and ale, of, isn't this illegal he's yeah. like
0: mm,
3: yes but <laughs> no one cares no one yeah. cares I, it's illegal I think the difference. I don't want to compare this too much to the first film because obviously I hated the first film, but it's the fact of what we see here is McCoy's humor landing properly and the yeah. scene lending it to his humor. Like in the open, in the scene we were just talking about, where he plays dead and then Kirk sort of compliments him on his acting. Uh, you know, he, he's got a little quip there and it's fun. What and do you think of between... my performance? I'm yeah, not a drama yeah, critic, and, <laughs> and it lands and it's fun, and you just yep. go, "This is," and you realize that it's you know the first one, it wasn't the actor's fault; it's literally just a crap, like script in a crap film,
2: basically. Uh, but you didn't like the bald lady. No, I knew. <laughs> yeah, the problem. The problem <laughs> Who ascended into goddom at the end? Persis like that, right? Combata!
3: I, I yes. liked it. Well, I think we agreed that my only, the only scene that I absolutely loved is where she just like breaks through the door where she just walks <laughs> through the door. Yeah, like, yeah. is the, that is the best moment. I am done with film, this now. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. bored now, moving on. But um, no, but like McCoy really shines in this film and it's one of not all the actors that get time on screen shine. Like I think um, Sulu doesn't really, uh, Uhura doesn't really get much to do.
1: She gets more in this um, movie than she did in the first one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah.
3: But yeah. My, like,
1: my light is flickering.
2: Getting to shine and having their own scenes. And
3: God stuff. damn it, adequate. Start out your power
1: systems. There we go.
2: Uh, the other thing I want to mention is Paul Winfred, especially since it's uh, Black History Month here in America. No, uh, <laughs> the captain of the Reliant, the original yes. captain, yeah, of the Reliant, Paul. Uh, what a
3: voice! Field.
2: Yeah, yeah, he every. I I was
3: literally I was while I was making notes, I kept having to stop whenever he spoke just to look at the screen. It's like a voice that just commands attention. It's like yeah. when, when he's on regular one, he's just like
1: he went crazy. He slit people's throats, and he's just like oh damn. Like, yeah <laughs> it's genuinely the, the voice of terror like right the voice of ptsd from that
2: but yeah go on yeah but yeah so he um though not a, a pivotal role though not as as weighted as some of the other characters in this but he i was surprised that he stood no resistance to khan like not even like yeah i'm sure you're outnumbered but he didn't know they were super powered all he saw was khan pick up check it was it. He just went, oh, shit. Yeah, and check I'll out, like, five foot. That. So, he didn't know. even say, like, hey, con, you stop time. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I knew this actor as being one of the most badass people on TV and in movies uh up until this movie. <laughs> and seeing him in this, a more controlled verse was very interesting.
3: Yeah. Did you Do you think,
2: like, they
3: cast him for that? Because it's, like, you know, effectively – it's kind of it. It kind of adds to Khan if this right. actor is a famous badass, and then he's cowering to Khan. It right. kind of, you know, to people at the time, would it give a kind of indication of going, oh, we haven't seen it yet, but this Khan must be terrifying, you know?
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, think of it in today's audience, like Michael J. White, all of a sudden just going, all right, you got it, whatever, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> yeah it's, it's that type of it,
1: it adds to the gravitas of Khan and the the, the, right. the, the, the terror of oh that this man commands this much strength and control over anyone you know because yeah. out, should...
3: out of context. Khan isn't really that threatening in in the sake of being like, I mean, Khan, basically, I thought Khan's superpower was that he was just metrosexual and that it was just... <laughs> you know <what laughs> I mean? Like, I mean, chest. think about it. The, the, one of the first things he does after he comes out of, like, you know, cryostasis is fixes a woman's hair. And I was just like, oh, shit, this is a yeah. badass. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it's just... <laughs> Watch Space Seed. It's very good. But it's just like this idea of him just being... <laughs> You know, what, could I put makeup on? But, uh, mm. <laughs> that's no, but, why they and, were scared of him. That's how yeah. the eugenics wars happened. Yeah, Sca- You know, leather, leather pants. Leather but pants and hair product.
2: <laughs> the other thing about Khan, is also very charismatic. He's got, as we call here, the Riz. And with the, the Riz, you can convert people. So I had always, and until I rewatched it in the director's cut, I had always assumed that he just used... The Riz to just talk the people off the science station and the the Reliant to just help him out. No, we gotta help Khan. He's got the Riz, you know. Yeah. No, no, he killed everybody.
3: We this is the thing. It's like in the original series episode in Space Seed, he very much is that. Like he has he's getting he's winning people over on the crew, he makes a member of the crew turn traitor purely because of his Riz and charisma and whatnot. Um and then in this one, what we see is a weakened Khan. We see a Khan that has gone nuts, like who seem is so racked with the need for vengeance that he's not thinking straight for the whole thing. Like he yeah, and even if he did have charisma previously, I don't I don't think he does anymore. But, like he so and that's probably why he resorts to insane violence the, like he does.
1: But the, the 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 drive is because his wife uh was, was wife? killed. Yep. Yeah my beloved
0: By those I, slugs I
3: I, I, lo- I love that like in the original series uh in the original series he's like oh you can stay if you want to I'm not really that fussed," kind of thing and then yeah. in this one he's like oh my wife I <laughs> mean but yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
1: it's it's the fact that and and again this is why we had the poll where he blames Kirk for who married them you are
3: if who married them like is the did they exile a vicar as
2: well? No they were married while no. they were in, in the pods.
1: Oh I thought No no no, no. Bring... it was he married the officer. Yeah. Uh,
3: in space. Uh-huh. So that suggests that one of the superhumans is a vicar or is a fishier, or at least is... some kind of religious official.
2: Or, yeah. or he's like me, just ordained enough yeah. to marry someone. I could marry yeah. people. So. That suggests, though, that they could get one of those
3: postal certificates where you can make yourself a sort of, you know, an official online, and it got yeah. posted to this planet. And they were like, "Can can we couldn't we have um, got food maybe like maybe sort of, <laughs> away on the planet delivered?" live. He's but, like, but shut but up. he ex- he we explained
1: because Chekhov is like, "What are you doing here?" You know, it's uh, um. And and Khan realizes that Chekhov, uh, and his captain were not expecting to find Khan yeah. and
3: the survivors there. Right, and then he comes. Which to is the su- an insult. But he comes. To he's the- just like, oh, you you came looking for me, and he's just like, oh, you didn't. You oh, yeah. you totally forgot about me. Yeah. <laughs> but he comes to he Son comes to the bits,
1: summation. He comes to the su- summation that they believe that this is City Alpha Six, and then he's like, right. this is City Alpha Five. Five. Yes. Um, <laughs> And, you know, he explains that, you know, City Alpha 6 exploded and it shifted the orbit and stuff like that. And then he gets straight down to Brass He's like, you know, why are you here? And that's when he lifts up Chekhov, che- uh, che- who famously, as, as most Trekkies know, Chekhov was not in the episode Space Seed. So everyone just nope. goes, oh, he was in the mess hall. Um, yeah. He was, he was doing an apprenticeship at the time. Um, <laughs> but the slug scene, where he puts the slugs in it, and again for Star Trek, up until this point, this was never heard of. This was like tantamount to torture in a way, and it's just mm. like, all right, we got this cat we got this Khan guy fairly camp, uh, you know, slightly terrifying in that episode. Oh, so he's actually like piercing people's eardrums with space slugs and yeah. manipulating and mind them, control. mind control. I mean, no one's perfect. no but he's got a glistening chest but he wants he wants to know he wants to know why um, and you know why are they there why are they finding them Um, I love that we get the 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 regular one scenes with Carol Marcus and David Marcus where we get this again age-old feud where scientists always believe you know that they are pawns of the military or they have always been exploited by the military so they they create something for the greater good which is then exploited by the military uh for the worst circumstances for the in a world yeah. Star Trek so, three yeah. in Star Trek three yeah, yeah. Yes. um and I and I love that and I love that Carol Marcus because we know now in strange new worlds that Kirk knew Carol was pregnant
2: yeah, they, is that retcon, though? I was going to bring that up. Is
1: no, a... they saw so what, it, what it was. So later on in the scene, he knew Carol uh, was pregnant, but she asked him to stay away. Stay away, right. And she never told David that uh, Kirk was his father.
2: Hmm. David so was the we man.
1: miss that. We miss that in this. Ep- we miss that in this film, where Carol tells David that Kirk is his father. That gets missed
3: out. Yeah, I, thought, a, I thought it was in the film. I no? thought it was, it was in the um, extended. Oh, I must have seen that then, right? And, cause cause well, it had I a, think, a scene in the I in I the has a scene at the end where David and Kirk. Yeah, where, where about... they hug it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's
1: not in the extended, but no. it's it, it's something I believe would have added to the film to, to have that you know that bombshell where david says something derogative and Carl just turns around and goes that's your father even in the cave <laughs> yeah. even
3: in the cave don't talk like that to your father but even
1: even in the cave you know he's like he killed them all and she's like he's your father he would never do that and just like boom yeah. also
3: look up. at him he's not capable of it christ yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um i love the fact that he needs glasses but, but oh, by the way hello kelly hello mark oh I'm hi kelly uh hi mark uh uh, tell
1: me why you are here. Tell me, oh, tell me why are you here. And tell me where I might find. i James T. Kirk. Kirk.
2: Um,
1: I love the plan that Khan does to summon Kirk as well, where it like, all just falls into place for Khan, where he's just like, ah, oh, the Genesis device. Oh, it was by Carol Mark as a regular one. Oh, well, we can just say that we're coming to pick that up and Admiral Kirk had ordered it. And just summoning Kirk, like baiting Kirk, yeah. In a way, um, all while doing this, this like three week training cruise with a with a bunch of cadets. I don't know about you, Sonys, but did you in the in the scene in Space Stock where Kirk's doing the inspection of engineering? Did you get Scotty's uh, nephew
3: talking shit to Kirk? Uh, the the younger lad. Yeah. The one that croaks. No, I didn't. Well, I I don't remember that. I didn't know that was his nephew. So like, it was Scotty. No, it was Scotty's. It was Scotty's nephew, uh, yeah. and basically oh, that makes so much yeah. sense. Like literally, because I was watching it and being like, "Why does he just bring a dead person to the bridge?" Because like, <laughs> it was just yeah, a yeah. you know, I didn't realize that like, so you nephew, didn't see the director's yeah, cut because yeah. I think that was part it, of the it just has this scene where this whole space battles happened and then turn around and Scotty's like. <laughs> but, you know, but, and I was just like is he like a cat or something like bringing you a dead mouse in the morning and we're like oh god Scotty's brought another corpse the, there's a scene I, you know,
1: there's <laughs> a scene where Kirk's inspecting engineering and he's he's doing I, I love the fact that the uniform's got pockets and he just like yes. does, does the dust on there and then he's going around and he goes uh the the, the, the the young engineer pops up and he goes, I think you find out everything is in order, sir. And he's like, Oh really? Do you have any idea the amount of stick I've had to put up in the officer's mess that the enterprise is the equivalent of a flying death trap? And the this young engineer who's like met Kirk for the first time, and he's like, Oh no, we're the we're the best engineering in the fleet, and if you can't recognise that, then you're as blind as a Tiberian bat, sir. And yeah. And I love the fact that Kirk just looks at him and goes, Oh,
2: and yeah, then just goes yeah, scotty and with the new
1: glasses no yeah, less like, you yeah, mother... just...
2: are you talking about my glasses man and, and he's going scotty
1: he's just like he's tenacious he's
3: <laughs> a new director's cut where basically kirk just lifts the handbag up into shot and, oh. just like,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, scotty's just like ah, oh, uh, sisters youngest are eager to get into space yeah. um and that's why he's just like uh it makes so much more sense now.
3: Well that's but when they start nice the trade Cuz yeah. I just I literally just went do you do that with everyone who dies in
2: engineering?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: look what I found. Hold him. on, give me a
2: minute. But and
3: the him.
1: but to be like for for the enterprise to be obviously when when they get the distress call from regular one for the enterprise to be the only ship again in the sector to be summoned there and even Kirk is yet convenient and even Kirk's like we've got a boat full of children. And I have to take command, and like you can see that Kirk is just like Spock. You are the captain. You should take command, and he's just like, but you're the ranking officer. I don't have an ego to bruise, and Mm. that's when we get that terrific uh, conversation where he's just like, you know, you accepting a promotion was wrong. It was a mistake. mistake. Mm. Being a captain is your 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 first best destiny, Um, and the fact that again it shows that. Not just Kirk, but the Enterprise itself—this this mighty vessel that we have seen, you know, for twenty years nearly at this point—that uh, was completely infallible. Where it gets caught, like, as Kirk says, caught with his britches down. Where mm-hmm. the reliance that Khan has taken over approaches them, and he's just like, "Oh, they're not raising shields. Of course we are. One big happy fleet." yeah yeah one big happy fleet but then like can't <laughs> <to> my chest <laughs> but they can't just absolutely broadsides the enterprise and just causes so much havoc and damage and you see all these young kids um fleeing for their lives like engineering is blowing up left right and center mm. and um I've got a surround sound system, so I could actually hear Scotty now shouting in the director say, "Get back to your posts! Get back to your posts!" And they're all fleeing. But you do see Scotty's <laughs> nephew, after after with everyone running out of engineering. You see, what does God need with a starship? You are three I'll films said, early, man. damn it, Mark. Uh, but
0: yeah, thank yeah, you, thank you for the, the time. I love it. Oh. <laughs>
1: You are under the impression I am leaving LA once the events over. I am not. The, oh, um, the <laughs> give me a job. The uh, <laughs> you see Scotty's nephew running towards the explosions, running to save people. When you yeah. watch it, like all these people are taking oxygen masks and fleeing and panicking. And he's he just did like,
3: not watch those videos from HR. No, but no. he is
1: he is pulling people like, out of it and stuff yeah, like that. he's a damn and, hero. Yeah, he's sure. a damn hero. And you yeah. get that later on where Scott, you know, obviously Scotty brings him up to the bridge and, like, we see him sadly pass away. And he's just, like, he stayed at his post when the other trainees ran. And right. I love that because this is after Khan has blindsided him and he's, like, you know, I, I discuss terms of surrender. I want you in addition to uh, all data in relation to Genesis. Blah, 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 blah. Kirk does a brilliant thing where he's just, oh, we're pulling up the data now, but our computers are smashed.
3: And go Go on. on. I have to say, like the the main thing for me, okay, like I'm saying, Khan is very good in the episode. In this one, he isn't as clever as he should be, and I think it's because he's blinded by his need for revenge. But I think it's great that we finally get to see Kirk being amazing, like being this clever tactician. Like, because Kirk is one step ahead of Khan for the whole episode. Like, even Spock sort of goes, "Hey, Khan is thinking very two dimensionally. Like, it's very easy to get around him." And like, and it's kind of badass that it's literally everything Khan does, Kirk is like, "Oh, I've got you know, oh, I've already thought about that." No, and it's it it's a great film for how it redeems Kirk. After you know uh, a lot of episodes of him being a bit of a hothead and stuff like that in season, three. he's
1: yeah, because even uh, even because uh, he essentially they override the prefix Chord on the Reliance,
3: they they yeah.
0: shut down
1: the sh- shields.
3: I love it so much. But this is the annoying thing, though, where you're just like, How did you not see this coming, Khan?
2: You're meant to be really clever. Like, he didn't touch the controls. Well. He had his crew was taking care of everything. Yeah, and, was, and he's I'm like, and like, well, Spacey, he it. was touching everything. Where's, like, where's, oh, where's
1: the override? Pushing? Where's the override? And yeah, he doesn't like, know where anything they're is. They're in a blind. It's this
2: idea of going, surely, like you know, in,
3: in stuff like DS9 and stuff, even the villains are like, We know what your ships are capable of, and things like that. And it is just, but it's the most genius move in the entire world that he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to transfer the thing over to you. And instead, what he does is he transfers the code to turn the shields off. And right. then they're like, we did not know. But the shields could- are I-
0: down, I- sir. But, but this and is, what is the thing. But you, do,
3: you do raise a good point.
1: like, And Spock raises it when the Enterprise is attacked. He knew exactly where to hit us. To cripple yeah. us, to disable us. And you do raise that point. If he knew he's never seen this ship before. He and, and he's like, well right,
0: he's, the refit.
1: Yeah. If yeah, he yeah. knew where to hit them, how did he not know about the prefix code? And yeah. we all we all know it's a plot device and this, that, and the other. But it does show that Khan is at this point, he is he is Ahab. He is blinded.
0: Yeah. by mm-hmm. the quest
1: for vengeance. And he even says it to Kirk. I, I mean to avenge myself upon you. Um yeah, yeah. but I-, I love the fact that Kirk, when when Savak goes, you did it, sir, and he goes, I did nothing. I just I was just caught with my britches down. And he even Kirk at this point, he's not like bragging, he's just like he's humbled and he's just like, you know, don't celebrate me because we got absolutely torn to pieces because of right. because of my own um, Hubris—that hubris, this is another Starfleet vessel—and we're one big like cancer. We are one big happy fleet. He knew in his gut something was wrong, but it was too little, too late. And it, we then see, obviously, Scotty's nephew being brought to the bridge, and Scotty shell shocked by this. But in yeah. the extended version, when uh, McCoy pronounces him dead and puts the cover over him, Scotty is a broken man, and we just hear him like sob why like why, why has this happened? Oh, i need to watch that man oh, i don't remember
3: really? i'm i don't think i've ever seen this version like i've only because I, I, I saw it years ago and i you know barely remember it from then and then re-watching it for this i've only it, watched it's brilliant what be...
1: because this is one of the few editions of a film where it is so night and day that between the theatrical and the directors, because the director's cut from Nick Mayer, it humanises the crew on such an emotional level. You see a broker, Scotty Way is just like, why did he do this? And Kirk is like, he he blames me uh, for for marooning him 15 years ago. Um, and then you see Scotty Way, he, go, he just looks at McCoy and he goes, thank you, Doctor, I know you did your best. And he just leaves crying. Yeah, And then there's this scene between McCoy and Kirk where we see the vulnerability of Kirk, where McCoy's just like, you saved us. And he said, I only saved us because I knew something about these ships that he didn't.
2: Yeah. And you see yeah. that, like... Oh, it's, it's programming there. It was a little, another layer in the ship systems that only, like, top brass know. So yeah. maybe that's the only reason why I didn't know it. That's but a- can, I can, one we just, un- can
3: we just say, though, that... Does anyone else really empathise with... I don't know if he gets a name, but the member of Khan's crew who is constantly just being like... Oh, he's right-hand man? Yeah, Yeah, just being like... Everyone has been that person at a job. You know, where you're just going, we should totally fix this problem because it's going to be a massive deal. Oh, yes. things, (laughs) You know, and it's this idea. and, And I was just like... He's the guy in the office being like, should we... Should we maybe like fix the fire exit, or should we maybe you know? Like
2: but we, he, he raises a good point, action.
3: though. He he does raise a good
0: point. What's yeah, your Yeah.
1: What's your But he 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 raises a good point where it's just like, you have you have saved us from exile. We have yeah. got a ship and the means to go where we want. And this is where the audience first sees Khan is blinded by pure vengeance because he's just like, he asks me.
3: He asks me, and I shall give it to him. I will chase him yeah. around. If he it. just left the poker table when he was ahead, yeah, he would have beaten Kirk because he would have gone, "Hey, you, you." Because the guy points out to him, like, "You've already beaten Kirk by getting off the bloody planet." Are you quoting Kenny now you Rogers? you have a Genesis device. You know, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And instead, he's like, "No, no, I'm going to go for this petty vengeance because that means more to me than actually hey, winning." Yeah, he's yeah. he's gone full he's really Ahab. In, yeah, No yeah. 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 um, <laughs> one goes full Ahab. But <laughs> you
1: know, it's again we see the first vulnerability of Kirk. We see the vulnerability of this mighty Enterprise. Which, it you know, the first movie was barely scratched, and this one is just like oh shit! Like the 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 visual effects that we see. And they are practical effects as well, because this one is the Wrath of Khan Enterprise with all the battle damage. And it's just like you see like this mighty vessel just like tore on one side and burnt and charred and stuff. And you're just like, this is like the greatest starship ever. And it's been absolutely fucked up by this tiny little ship because of hubris and a quest for vengeance. And we see all the way through this, this dangerous game of cat and mouse where they are equal or like a a fun fact for the wrath of khan they weren't going to redesign another ship they were just going to keep another constitution it was going to be another. yeah they're going to
2: keep actually the original the tos ship was going to be the was going to be the reliant
1: but they needed something different so the audience could differentiate who what ship is where and Mm -hmm. when they signed off on this design the director i think nick signed it accidentally upside down. So the reliant was actually supposed to be the other way up, but because True. Nick had signed it upside down on the paper, the designers just went, oh, that's the way he wanted it. So they built it with the nacelles and everything pointing downwards.
2: Which I think is better.
1: I think it's better. But yeah. it's the this is the start of the cat and mouse chase. And we see them head into regular one where we just see Khan just went absolutely Batshit crazy on these scientists, and the I love the again another first for Star Trek where this is the first horror element of yep. Star Trek where mm. they are going through this this it's very uh, alien again and it's very Blade Runner again and then we just see that I mean as a kid I I jumped out of my pants when McCoy hits those hands and that that like violin and everything kicks in and he's just like Jim and I'm just like oh. But even in the director's cut, they show the dead body's face just dripping with blood, and the eyes open, yeah. and everything. And he just like, holy shit! Like it's never been seen in Star Trek,
3: ever. I need to see this director's cut. Oh,
1: it,
0: it sounds it, so. Yeah, it's much way worse. better. Brilliant. It, it's it is so much
3: Because we only better. get like, we literally go, oh, there's some dead people. Best let them down. You know, it's literally yeah, <laughs> that is,
2: yeah, that is and, the whole. If scene. I'm not mistaken, it's like a, a twenty minutes longer. In, in it's time fair,
1: it's fairly long but then when yeah. when they rescue uh, the captain and Chekhov from the storage locker and we see again kirk it's the tiniest little things in this film but it's kirk just going i'm not going to mess around with this cord i'm just going to punch the override and just pull it out and yeah. he, again this is not something that you this is not something you've seen from a captain where he's just like he is driven by this guilt that he's had he's got a like he said a boatload of children that are dying because of something he did 15 years ago and now he's just like just that little gesture you can just see the conviction that he's got and again the you know oh sir he went wild he slit their throats he murdered them he tore the place apart and it's chilling it is really chilling because the belief in the captain's voice that you know he is terrified by this but he cannot control it it's it, it adds a new dimension to this villain that we've just seen in this little original series episode i think
3: but well, this is the thing because the problem the problem with khan in the original series is the fact of we never really we get a bit of a sort of you know that he's a bit of a dickhead and like you know he's like you know power hungry but then when you put it in context it's like he don't they say that he sort of ruled like 70 percent of the earth he, or something. he some ruled a quarter of the planet point? Yeah. yeah yeah and it's like going okay and it doesn't really come across from it but then at the same time that's probably saying a lot because you know if you have it you could probably have like dinner with hitler and not suspect that he was a nutter you know like Well, I think it's
2: also the time frame that because you're dealing with people that have never gone to space in the capacity of the current Trek. So I think that has a lot to do with it. The mindset, the people are smarter individually as opposed to just a a handful of people that have been given an augmentation. Everybody's kind of um, grown in their own mindsets individually, and as a collective. Whereas Khan, it was just, I'm the smart one, and you guys just all worship me. Okay, cool. 20th yeah, century it. thinking it is weird in the 23rd century,
3: like, yeah. Yeah. It is exactly. weird, though, that the only one who knows who he is is the only one who sides with him. And it's like, hang on. It, shouldn't it be the opposite way? Shouldn't it be the people being like, oh, it's just this guy who's really charismatic. That's cool. We'll listen to him. Rather than the person being like, oh, he's a psychopathic war criminal sounds great you know yeah, yeah yeah it's just a bit of a weird one that that's the, but the way again, it works whereas it, everyone else is like he's a bit sus isn't he but, yeah. but
1: again it, it also parallels bond society where we see people like, oh he, he was an absolute psychopath he did have good points though and you're just like
3: no he was <laughs> oh, well, still he a did, psychopath yeah. the roads and you're like
1: yeah and it, it's it's <laughs> it i think that does parallel modern society because we do see that where people are going yeah that 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 dude from 20 years ago who we won't mention because YouTube will probably take us down you know who lived in a cave he had some good views and he just like no he it's was a nutcase on dialysis so it, yeah it,
3: it's kind of interesting like how the eugenics wars is viewed generally in the federation because we have it in deep space 9 where we go you know, oh, augmentation is illegal and we have it in Strange New Worlds where we're like Adastrapa, going, it's a bad thing that it yeah. is basically, you know, you're, you're limiting yourselves with it. But you kind of go like, are we only seeing the official Starfleet stance on it? Yeah. Whereas were, could there still be sort of Khan sympathizers in the Federation and stuff like that who are like, they were badly done to? Like, yeah. you know, you know that I don't. We don't ever have any hint of it, but it's the idea of you know the way that the historian—I've forgotten the name—but the historian crew member in space seat acts. You just go like, she seems awfully sympathetic to him, and rather than just needing a booty call, but it's a, uh, it's it's an in odd space, one because you know? yeah, no yeah, one he, hear he is it hot, but you know like. <laughs>
2: you know. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a so oh big bribe <laughs> oh, oh my um,
1: but it's the uh, the they can't find the majority of the crew but again in the director's version we find out like Carol Marcus when she finds out that the Reliant is coming and she is hell bent on them not taking Genesis it is their project it is not the whim of the military to take this and mm. she's just like well, where are we going to go and they're just like pack whatever gear you can we are you know we are we have got a place to go where they can't find us and stuff like that and that's how the the transporter logs go oh it's these, basically the cellar yeah and these coordinates yeah. are in a cave deep in the planet well how do you know that you know that we can't read anything well they obviously went there and uh and i love the fact that kirk and mccoy have this thing He go but what if there's nothing there and kirk's just like well now is your big chance to get away from it all it's <laughs> <laughs> <He's> just like
0: <laughs> well,
1: if it's just rock, well you'll die. Um mm-hmm. but they beam down and this, this I, I is, love
3: how this is insult to injury because McCoy is terrified of transporters yes, famously. And, the first thing. and then yeah. Kirk's just like okay, so let's just do the most dangerous thing you can do with a transporter.
1: But they beam down to the Genesis cave uh and they are ambushed by the uh, the scientists, um, and then just David Marcus just full on fucking whales on Kirk. Like, there is... Mm -hmm. I mean, at this point, there is no daddy angst, but he has got some goddamn (laughs) angst against Kirk. And, again, where this scene could have deserved, like, a little bit of an addition is where Carol is just like, stop it, but mother, he he killed them all. Oh, David, you're just making it... Oh, David, you're just making it worse. He's your father! (laughs) That should have just been put in. It should have just been. Yeah, especially since they, life and death had gotten involved. Maybe it's a good time to tell yeah. you this
2: man's your dad, you know, <laughs> But then
1: Kirk's going to Carol, that's David. Like, even David's going, Yes, who the fuck are you? Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it just it just could've done with just that little bit of addition there. Um to 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 have that. But the again Another terrifying scene is is the captain turning the phaser on himself. Yeah. Where after he's talking to Caddy, he's like, "Your excellency, we have done what you asked," and like the beam up Genesis, and he just full on vaporizes that dude. Because this is the, yeah. I think they...
3: we we we've skipped a little bit here where it's the idea of how cool it is that when they go to the station, they basically they find Chekhov, they find the uh, the captain, and. They're basically pretending to have recovered from the brain worms, Uh, you know, so they're going, oh, you know, we, we were under their control, but we're not now. We're fine. Yeah. And then when they get to the Genesis cave, they basically go, lols, uh, we're still waiting for cars. Yeah, yeah, Megalons, yeah. um, put your <laughs> hands up, gentlemen. And basically they put a phaser on them and stuff and it's like a big double cross. But then... And then, and then we get something that's quite cute, I think, which is the idea of Khan orders them to kill Kirk and they can't do it. Despite being mind-controlled, they can't actually bring themselves to do it. He's and... got
0: more wrist than you. <sighs>
3: How it's it's a crazy scene because like you're saying, oh, it does get dark. Like Trek gets very dark. <laughs> but we see where Khan is just like.
1: You, you must do one last thing kill Kirk and he's just like I find it hard to do and you f- you see the internal struggle that he is ha- ha- having and he just eventually just turns the phaser on himself and vaporizes him but then we can see we do
3: this can we do this scene but with them knowing it's William Shatner 30 years on like where they're just like oh yeah bang. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's, but, it's uh, now, but, or the Chris Pine version and they, yeah. <laughs> ah Chris Pine but, oh, the, okay. the
1: scene where, <laughs> but when Chekhov collapses because he can't do it and bearing in mind Khan can only hear audio he doesn't know what's going on he can just hear phaser fire and screaming so Chekhov collapses yeah. we see and again you see it drip out of his ear and the mm-hmm. blood and everything and Kirk vaporizes it and Khan knows nothing until Kirk picks up
2: the the the, the, the
1: iWatch the, yeah. the of the 23rd century. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry, sorry. The Samsung Galaxy. Um, oh. uh, um I, I,
3: I have to say I love this though. Yeah. Like how annoyed Khan is, where he's like, But it's just the shock run! on his,
1: but it's the shock on his face. But he doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to give it away to his crew, so he's just like you're alive my old friend
2: and he's like yes, yes you blood alive. sucker oh
1: i, I love like it. i just love like
2: i just try to out ham each other it's one of the I, things I, you I, love about it. But I like a poor marksman you keep the missing the, mark. In the same room yeah Sorry.
1: like like a poor marksman you keep missing the mark
3: yeah that is my that's probably my favorite line of the whole he's film he's taunting it. idea of, kirk there's never a moment of this film that it doesn't feel like kirk doesn't have the upper hand against khan like even when khan is like winning kirk is literally like i know exactly how to like put you in your place and it because just he... keeps winding khan up more which makes him more make more mistakes which you know
2: how do you beat an egomaniac yeah oh, there you go yeah That's yeah but then I mean, how, not exactly here, but... There's no way this guy should figure this shit out. Like, what's going on? And but, then, well, basically, I know more than a,
3: you do. But, he's but, meant to be a superior being. Like, he's meant to be a superior being with like a crazy sort of mind and whatnot. And yet, like, Kurt, superior this intellect guy is just beating him all the time and outthinking him. But superior intellect breeds
1: superior ambition.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And
1: we do get the most, possibly the most famous line in Star Trek history. Where Khan is just like, I will leave you marooned on a dead world.
0: Buried alive. Buried yeah. alive. Khan <laughs> He
2: really had to play it up. <laughs> yeah, he really make that, like... it and and the whole time, like he knew Kirk always knew that he had he had an ace up his sleeve with the ship being able to be repaired quicker than they let on. Yeah. And Khan knew that uh Vulcans don't lie so he thought oh for sure he's told them exactly what's going to happen so I've got this they're screwed
1: yeah let's go Hours could seem like days if you play it by Savak by the book and I'm thinking yeah that's quite how the hell did you not
3: see through that con like how could you but this is it I I love it though that they thought this far ahead because basically just for people who haven't seen it what happens is they go oh uh Kirk is on the planet in this cave and then gets told that they can't beam him back or the team back because there's, you know, engineering needs to be done on the Enterprise. And that's why Khan basically goes, oh great, I've I've got you now, you're trapped in this cave, you'll be there forever and I'll destroy the Enterprise and stuff like that and no one will come and save you and then obviously it turns out the enterprise it was all a ploy and Kirk knew exactly that the enterprise was going to be able to go and save him and stuff and they Spock they, plays along. they and it's wonderful it's a wonderful bit if Spock's
1: Spock plays along because he goes if we go by the book as like lieutenant S- Savok, hours could seem like days we will have auxiliary power in 2 days warp speed in 6 days yeah and that is you know that's making Khan believe oh that they are absolutely trapped and they've got nowhere to go um, I love though the reveal of the Genesis Cave, where yeah, uh, you I was know, thinking about that because
2: like he had, even still, if he was buried under there, they still got like fruit, vegetables, <laughs> but sunlight. We're good. But
1: again, it's the uh, we we get this touching scene between Kirk and Carol where uh, he's got this realization where he's just like, "How do I feel? You know, there's a man out there who I haven't seen in 15 years who wants to kill me, and you show me a son who would happily help him." How do I feel I feel old hmm. worn out yeah. and
3: she's like, like too, too little butter spread over too much bread
1: <laughs> yes the bounce has gone from his bungee. the uh, <laughs> but you know let me show you something that will make you feel young as if the world was new and we and get the this... finger
2: bangs him <laughs> I love her line. Can I cook or can I cook? Yeah, yeah there's a, a bit, can yeah, I, cook I love it. Yeah, that's a great line. It's
1: a beautiful again. It's it's a mix of matte paintings with visual effects, and it is a stunning, stunning image that we see. That like the 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 reveal of this is actually what Genesis can do, and you know this mm-hmm. is this is potentially a blessing and a curse in the wrong hands. Um, and then we do get the reveal because Savak is still not letting it go. and She's like, how did you beat the Kobayashi Maru? And McCoy's just like, you are looking at the only Starfleet officer who ever beat the Kobayashi Maru. And she's like, how? And he's like, I altered the conditions of the program. And David, just being David, he's just like, he cheated. cheated.
2: Yeah, he yeah.
1: cheated. And I love the fact that David, his son, is pulling him up on the bullshit that he is mm-hmm. spouting out.
3: And that—that's the thing, and it's—it's it's like you were saying earlier, Joe. It's the fact of the whole arc of the film is Kirk coming to face face to face with his, like you know, unwinning He's dug himself the consequences he of his actions like, and death. Yeah, and and it's this idea of you can't avoid your responsibilities for that long, and it's the idea of these things from his past coming up to get him. The idea that he never actually dealt with. The idea of the Kobayashi Maru and like cheated ah, in order don't to get belief
2: in no one scenarios. Like, yeah,
3: like yeah. and it's that thing. It's, it's like if you have your life without hardship and you get to like your twenties or thirties and you've never had to want for anything. You are gonna really suffer when you have to actually make decisions for yourself. Bloody you Gen have Z to go. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And, Like you know, it's a sort of thing. Like I, I nearly, you know, I was very lucky in my childhood, and I pretty much had a breakdown when I had to um, buy a house and stuff. And the the amount of responsibility going from dodging responsibility so much to going, wow, this is everything all at wow, so once.
2: I was the opposite. I had a house at twenty three because my parents wow. were ill. So yeah. I had the dumped responsibility super early. The,
1: the washing that's never it. ends. And Both me, and that that me.
3: means that, you know, you dealt with it then, or if you can deal with it in little bits throughout childhood and like your teen years and stuff, you will be better at it. Whereas if you avoid it, like we see with Kirk, and it all hits you at once and you're just like, oh, I've never really properly dealt with grief or consequences or, you know, losing... Yeah, or losing. It's, yeah. you know, it, it's wonderful. Sorry, it went off on one
2: the, Yeah, but so, and he manages not to have a breakdown. So. Yeah,
3: Give so the,
1: the reveal is, you know, he's like, oh, I cheat. You know, I, I alter the conditions of the test and I got a commendation. And then he reveals, I don't believe in the no scenario. Spock, it's been two hours. Are you ready? He's like, yep. Uh, beams them all up. He explains to Savak, you know, this is what we do, you know, uh, regulation. If <laughs> if uh, communications are being monitored by an enemy, blah, blah, blah,
3: blah. Um, it's so good that she's learning, though. Like, she's genuinely learning. You don't always do things by the book in the reality of things. But it's it's see, like when you see people who sort of go, oh, we didn't learn that at university, and you're like, yeah, kind of ignore everything you learned at university. Yeah, like, yeah top, yeah. top tip, you ever here,
1: man. If, if you are listening <laughs> to this, everyone, anyone, and you are at university at the moment, forget everything when you <laughs> leave university because you will learn so much more outside of yeah. uni. I learned in so a much... In week in the job, you learn more than uni. <laughs> as as Noyes has just eloquently put there, I learned more at my time at the BBC and ITV and other film companies in the short time I was there than I did in three whole years at university because it is real-world learning. It is real-world experience you can be the most academic motherfucker in the world, but that real-world experience is key. And this is what Savak is learning in this movie. Um, and then we see Khan, where he's just like, ah, I've got the Enterprise now. They go back to regular one, and she's not there. And he's like, where is she? And then it's revealed when Kirk, Spock, and Savak go to the bridge that they're on a parallel course. Just ru- They are literally cat and mousing around yeah. the planet. And Spock's just like... They could still outrun us and outgun us, so we are just literally hiding all the way yeah. around. Mark agrees. Then, yeah,
3: no kidding. See? But yeah, I, I really like what um, Alan Emma said in the chat where Spock cast like, Spock cashed the check that Kirk wrote. And it is yeah. very much that. Like, Spock is the one who suffers because of Kirk's hubris, effectively. Yeah. But, but it's, it's that idea. Like, But we have another amazing scene when, like... When Khan realises that Kirk's fooled him again and he's actually on the ship and he's got away from it. Yeah, she's there <laughs> she like, is.
1: Oh, <laughs> there she is. And I love the mm. fact that Kirk taunts him and he's just like, you know, Khan. Superior intellect? i
2: laugh at your superior yeah. intellect. We played
1: it your way. How about a rematch? Khan. I'm laughing at the superior and intellect, intellect. Spirit, intellect, and you just see the 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 breaking <laughs> of Khan's composure. It's like full power, damn you! And just like goes full hog <laughs> on the reliant as they're heading towards the Mutara Nebula, knowing full well that as soon as they get lost, they won't be able to find each other. They'll be and on equal footing. It's equal footing, but it's again. Mm-hmm. I got serious balance of terror vibes from this scene as well because it shows, again, that Kirk and Spock are master tacticians because, as Sanoi's mentioned earlier on, when they are in the nebula and they're chasing each other, Khan is only using two-dimensional thinking. He is using nautical tactics. He is not using uh, full three-dimensional tactics as yeah, you would in
2: space he is playing 1999 battleship Well, everybody else here is playing xbox the 950 you well, know what everyone I mean? like, else is the... playing 3d chess or whatever it but is it's, called. but it's the
1: fact that kirk is just like okay let's drop the z-axis ten thousand meters so they drop <laughs> so he can fly right. overhead and then you just see them rise and They
2: shoot him at the bottom
1: but it's brilliant because before we see that we see them just firing blindly at each other and then Spock just goes, well, hang on, I'm having a look here. and he's just literally flying around in a circle. If we do that, we can literally just go and then just go right behind him and catch him with I, his pants I down. I
3: literally, I genuinely didn't realise until this moment that Spock was being literal. I yeah. thought when he said, I thought when he said he's thinking two dimensionally and stuff, I thought he meant like as a metaphor of he's... No. too straightforward and blinded you're just going no no it literally is talking about dimensions and i'm like but oh wow yeah that's really is, yeah, but that again
1: again it is another first for star trek because obviously all the way up until that point ships face each other and we see loads of means where they're just like why do ships always face each other and why are they not like that and, it upside like, down yeah. and it's just like people are like yeah well the, the level to to whatever but this is just like no, it's like,
2: it's, it's a whole different. Yeah, game. but Khan is there's no up. There's no down. It's just woo,
1: Khan yeah. doesn't <laughs> think like that because Khan is not a spatial navigator. He's just like oh, left,
2: he's left, right. Plane. Yeah. yeah.
1: Up, up, down is not a thing. So the 90s to, thinking, baby, yeah. thank God for
2: it. So to, to <laughs> drop superior yes, to the 90s. But today
1: to drop on the Z axis and then rise above them, it's it's way out there. And like. It's, it's a brilliant manoeuvre because it catches them and it, they just really fuck up the Reliant. And I loved, again, props to practical effects, the explosions on the ships and on the bridges and everything like that. Absolutely Mwah! brilliant. To see a ship so unbelievably fucked up and Khan just like pulling that massive girder with that glistening...
2: Yeah, bur- <laughs> half burnt chest. half burnt. chest. Am I the only chest.
3: one who wasn't aroused by this? That's <laughs> just a very
2: strange flip. I'm a everything. proud
3: metrosexual,
1: and just pulling and then like his his second in command, and he's just like, "Yours is the superior,", the superior. and he's like, "I shall avenge you." and No, you
3: won't. If only I listened to your advice and not got you killed. <laughs> yeah, oops, sorry <laughs> about that, buddy. But-
1: <laughs> Like, the Enterprise goes, oh, we, we've got them now, that's it, we've got to, you know, discuss terms of surrender, and Khan's just like, na-na-na, mon mate, and just starts to... do have the Genesis. And just starts to activate the Genesis device.
3: Is anyone else really, like, there was something weirdly satisfying about how convoluted starting the Genesis device was. Oh, oh, up, down, spirit. up, down, left, yeah, right, yeah. left, right. Beat. The Konami code. Yeah, these things where it's like, you need yeah, fall, the Konami fall. code, yeah. 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 yeah, the Konami code and the fucking... <laughs> ah, <Yeah>. Carol Marcus, <laughs> I didn't know you were
1: a fan of Castlevania.
0: How
3: much of it do you reckon was improvised? Like, or, you know, they wouldn't have said, oh, here's the, you know how, like, in Trek, where they basically, they're just bapping away at their console and stuff, and it doesn't, none the buttons mean anything. With this, do you think he improvised, or if there was a, oh, this only turns to the right, this bit pushes in, or like...
1: I, I think they probably said turn it clockwise and then th- uh, push the button and it'll go down. I want to know yeah. why Genesis never left the transport room.
3: It didn't need to. Yeah. But Where isn't, are you it, a play, though, isn't it a that's fired? Wouldn't it have been better... I suppose the shields would have been down, but wouldn't it have been better for him to just transport it onto the Enterprise and then be like, right, I don't care if you can get away. Not but if it's completely
1: even, screwed up. If the ship is, like, even, destroyed. Yeah.
3: Even if he could have done that, he obviously wouldn't have, because he, like... He doesn't isn't, know how it isn't works. He's thinking rationally. He's no, he's not. not. thinking yeah. of, like, oh, you know, he, he's so certain that they can't teleport, teleport from the planet and his ass gets handed to him. He's so certain that they can't get more than air, impulse engines... And he's, yeah. but, and he spits it, his last breath
2: yeah. at the
1: at this point he's he's crippled emotionally and mentally and yeah. you know this is this is and literally learned. this is literally his last ditch attempt to gain vengeance on Kirk because he knows yes his ship is crippled but so is the enterprise and they cannot get away so you know the 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 sheer power of the Genesis device will take not only take Khan out himself but will take Kirk out as well. And for him that is an acceptable resolution to this whole situation. He has got nothing, mm-hmm. literally nothing to lose. His crew is dead. He is the only survivor from the botany bay. His only last remaining
3: yeah and then he's got zero and but he's just like
1: you are a terrible leader but he's 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 conservative but the only <laughs> last remaining he's the liz Truss of augments the only hey, is la- the
3: problem with the tories that they're not willing to fire anyone despite that dickhead in parliament <laughs>
1: which one but the uh but his 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 only solution is to well if you know if i've got to die i'm going to take you with me and then we see that you know the enterprise is crippled they don't have warp speed we we know it's going to take six hours for warp speed so kirk's just like just anything we have got just get us out of here but it becomes more and more apparent that they are going to run out of time they won't get enough distance um, and Scotty's just like, the dilithio, you know, uh, the dilithio crystals are fused and stuff. And then Spock being Spock just quietly leaves the bridge and no one bats an eye. And I'm just like,
3: why didn't anyone notice? Wow, we got that bastard, huh, Spock? Spock... We- <laughs> so it would it would have been better though if it was like sort of one of those weird like kids films or whatever where he's like Spock's literally like like Home Alone or something. Spock's just literally put up like some pillows like shaped like him with like, like a, yeah. a cassette recorder being like that is illogical. Every time. fascinating. That is illogical.
1: That is illogical.
3: That is illogical. it's yeah. <laughs> he it stuck. Does, does, the, does the whole scene from Home Alone two? Where he, <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy <laughs> you're animal! The Yeah, completely um, weird, That doesn't sound like Spock. But, but um, the what he gets to. To be fair, done, though, like that is one of the ones of going. How did nobody notice that he vanished? Yeah. To the point where I'm as frustrated by that as I am in. But Picard even season three, where you're like. How did no one notice them smuggling uh like a a cloaking device onto the ship? But, but even by hand <laughs> even there's there's a point where Spock has already left and he's down in
1: engineering and they say, don't go in there the radiation's too much. Uh I Kirk, love this
3: Kirk, scene by the way where he does he uh, he pinches, pinches him go. and then puts his hands on his face to remember. I'll I'll get to that point. But Kirk or well, Sulu he, does it what does he make him remember though? I'll like, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll get you. He put his news. Him. I'll, I'll get it. Like, here's some <laughs> mental images.
1: Of... Spock cock. So... You know, he um, makes up being like... Lee's 14 incher. Uh, But it's, it's oh, Kirk, no. Kirk Sulu. is like, you know, distance, 40,000 kilometres uh, time. And then he looks at David and I'm like, you have literally turned to your son where Spock was and you did not notice that Spock was there. Getting down to engineering, though... Now, this is considered part one of a three-part trilogy of Star Trek films, as we know now. Two, three, and four are like a complete trilogy of the, the Genesis.
2: And six was almost included in that if yeah. uh, they could have got Kirsty back or yeah. Robin.
1: So did you did you think at this point of filming that they knew there was going to be a sequel or they just did it to an allude a mystery anyway? Because to do the cutra mm. on McCoy and just go, remember yeah, no, too, who would, too yeah, who would know that? Who would know that? Mm, yeah. But Spock's sacrifice, where he he realigns something with the dilithium crystals and they warp out of there just as the Genesis Device explodes, this scene again is another first for Star Trek, where it is an incredibly emotionally distraught scene where not only do we see a much-loved star of the show and movies die, yeah. but we see Kirk actually face death and become broken by that experience. I mean, the we'll get to the scene in a minute, but just the end bit where, obviously, Spock passes away and is slumped, and then we just see Kirk just slump next to him and the shock on his face that mm. he is he has although he has won he has also lost and yeah. he is just broken by this whole situation and the scene with spock though as he what gets me is when scotty grabs hold of kirk and he's like Sir, he's dead already and yeah. then you see, can't you, go in
2: there. He's dead already. But you see, because Kurt's probably shot, terrible. You guys are English. How is it? that? I? mine? Dead. <laughs> Sorry, he's dead already. He's dead.
1: Um, happy birthday to my sister, who's Scottish. Don't be offended. Oh, um, the.
3: <laughs> what are you going to say? And is dead. And I was like, what is like, Oh no! <laughs> dog? Happy Happy birthday, <laughs> Jamie. This rest in
1: so Rest so in dark. peace. Dark. Rest Rest in peace. <laughs> Jesus. Um, But uh, <laughs> uh, um, no, uh, but fuck, what was I doing? Yeah, so that that. But when, <laughs> serious time. But when, because Kirk shouts Spock, and obviously the the intercom's not working, so he does it again. And what gets me is that Spock is near death. He has just sacrificed himself for the needs of the many, and he stands up, and he's still wants yeah. to look his best for his captain and i just thought just that little gesture of just that is spock is like yeah he has done all this but he is still a starfleet officer and he will present himself to his co and then ask how he rated you know i never undertook the kobayashi Maru. how would you rate my
3: performance and Which is the closest we get to a gag from Spock You read really this do. wonderfully yeah. <laughs> human thing he does in his final moments. Yeah.
1: And it's it's a whole beautiful way, it's just like, do not grieve, Captain. It is only logical, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Which mm. again we is is a mantra that started with this movie and continued all the way up to present day Star Trek. Yeah.
2: And
3: he it's sort whole thing it's it's why i get shocked when people don't understand like things like in the pale moonlight in yeah. ds9 and stuff where it's this idea of you know they're like oh cisco's a killer and stuff and you're like but the the needs of the like many, many outweigh the with... few. Yeah. it's you know
2: like when garrett uh, the uh, best look... of going
3: all it costs was, you know, Romulan
2: one Romulan dickhead and one killer already. I ain't yeah. stopping anything nothing, in the
1: universe. Look. Nothing in war is black and white. It is right. gray. It is muddy. Decisions have to be made. And this is, again, we, we went on about this during uh, Star Trek Picard and everything like that with the whole Jem'Hadar and the Dominion. And we I referenced Cisco, and I also referenced uh, Battlestar Galactica where the best commanders and the best captains and admirals are the ones that make that decision. They are not black on white. They are not good or evil. They are just they are in the middle. They have to make the the good decisions and the questionable decisions yeah. for the needs of the many, for the but greater
3: it, good. It's how like when in future when we see the Kobayashi Maru, I can't still can't pronounce it no matter how many times I try. Um, Kobayashi Maru. In, in future, yeah. Kobayashi. It's a real <laughs> ship. Cool. By that the sounds way. like a fashion brand. It, but, is, um, it is actually a real cargo vessel. I'm just going to say no, that. But, yes. but, but I mean, like, when we see it in TNG, where the solution is to kill Geordi, Yeah. it's, you know, and like, uh, Troy can't actually do it. And it's this idea of going, the the correct decisions aren't always the easiest ones. And they're right. you know, and, and there's a lot of situations that you can't, you know, um, get out of yeah. on the scar. Everyone,
1: you know? everyone it, faces a Kobayashi Maru at one point in their life. Oh, yeah it is how
2: you do Doing deal. mine
1: yeah <laughs> it is it is how you deal with that situation that makes you who you are
2: yeah
1: which... well, I, oh unplanned tracks here but hi Isaac unplanned track. I will Ooh, be you. here as well I'll be seeing Ooh. you tomorrow and we've got my my Geats we've got Mark still we've got David George we've got the lovely Kelly bless lovely Kelly I do love Kelly she Ooh, she's got an intro Kelly. she's got an intro for me on Twitch which is quite disturbing but um yeah <laughs> interesting the,
2: uh and so hello all every y'all
1: hello to everyone in the chat yeah yes. we, we do love each and every one of you but the yeah. when we do see spock die and again kirk just lets out a no and again it's that it's the feebleness of that no because kirk has never yeah. faced it kirk's never faced this at all and right. he is and he is now facing it and then when we get to the funeral where he's like of all the souls i have met on my travels his was the most human and he is still trying yeah. to maintain that composure as a leader mm-hmm. as a captain and this for me is possibly one of the most beautiful scenes in all of star trek where scotty is playing amazing grace on the bagpipes and it's just overtaken by the orchestral number as the torpedo right. fired out
2: well, and however, it's... really quick, I just want to point out Spock would have actually taken that as an insult.
3: Wait, I I kind of was gonna make a joke about like because you're saying it's really touching, and I just I just like the idea that they're trying to have this funeral and they're like oh, fucking hell. Scotty's brought his bagpipes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Imagine you're just gonna have an emotional moment, and he's just like, oh, I brought my pipes.
0: I've got know. you. <laughs>
3: Would you, you
1: would you want Harry Kim? Would you
3: want Harry Kim and his
1: clarinet? No. No it's, one it's, wants Kenny G. Okay. It, it, <laughs> so yeah.
0: it's a
3: sort of thing, like Spock would have just appreciated someone just I don't know, like freestyling on the Joe once an hour or something, you know. Or Mr. Hom with his little dinner gong.
2: Oh you know, done. Like, <laughs> oh, no,
3: I,
1: <laughs> I think he
2: would have appreciated a harp. As we all yeah. remember in Way to Eden, he was playing the harp. But yeah, but, but I sure I, I remember where
1: to eat like... and don't scar me.
2: <laughs> that first guy? Agony they, at least I got a
0: look. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think,
3: I think to be fair, they were like, Oh, what would Spock like at his funeral? and they're like, Oh, we better let Scotty do his bloody uh, <laughs> you know, use bagpipes. his bloody bagpipes. He's lost his nephew. Go on
2: then, but <laughs> the, the I like how. I wonder if Scotty was thinking, wait a minute, my nephew didn't get this kind of fanfare. What the hell? He was a better yeah, they, you know, they, they just shot him out and won, won the torpedo tubes. So like, oh, well. Have you seen that? Leave it, it wait a If they would have put Scotty's nephew on the Genesis planet, would he have also come back to life? Oh, he could have merged with Spock. Or it could have been... Oh. What would that be?
3: That'd be two Vix, but with Spock and... An angry, <laughs> an
1: angry Scottish <laughs> falcon. Spock Vicks. Spock Vix. Spock <laughs> um, Mark just said, "Leave it to Michael to shit all over clarinet enthusiasts." Hell yeah! Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: hello. Oh, I, yes. just, Jake, I just love yeah. the idea that somewhere on the Genesis planet, there's literally just a, a rock formation, like, uh, well, what's the thing you have in America, Mount Joe? Rushmore?
0: Yeah.
3: Mount Rushmore, but <laughs> just with Khan's No, face we had the it. no, we had there's the this old really glamorous the
2: Khan literally that
3: raises
1: a we had very a good face.
2: Yeah, we had a face in Massachusetts called the Old Man on the Rock. Yeah, and it literally, like, if you drove by it, it looked like this old man was looking at you and judging you. I <laughs> see you driving poorly, you bastard. You know, like. But
1: it, again, keep it under sixty. It 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 raises another question because not only was Spock's DNA integrated into the Genesis Planet,
2: so was Khan's. Yeah, yeah. that's why the planet blew up in the sequel Spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> He was like, "I'm going to get you, Kirk, (laughs) Bluey." But the the end, the end, the end of the movie even
3: more self-destructive way. But the
1: end, the end of the movie, we see the Enterprise is leaving the Genesis Planet to pick up the survivors from the Reliant on Seti Alpha Five. This is Seti Alpha Five. Seti Alpha Five. (laughs) But we see, I love this scene between David and Kirk in the quarters, where he's just like, you know, I am, I am proud, very proud, to call you my son, and we just see. Kirk doing that quintessential dad thing where he's just like, "I am going to hug you now."
2: Very <laughs> <laughs> <It's like laughs> right there. Yeah. And then
3: <laughs> David like, "You will never see me again." Yeah, I, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I yeah. get killed. Yeah, Spoilers. It's just like, I, I, it is literally the most bitch ass death in the entire world. It's almost, almost as bad as fucking um.
0: No, he, it's it's Savak's response where she
1: where he just goes, uh, sir, David is dead. And he just yeah, like Dude
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, And he sits in the chair like defeated. Now you know what you always bugged me about that? Aren't Vulcans the strongest beings in the universe? Like Yeah. Aren't they stronger than the Klingons as well? She should have just whipped everybody's I ass. I don't to, like,
1: know. I think they're on equal footing in terms of strength. Uh, I think Klingons
2: have just like a whole bunch of bony shielding on their organs. They have redundant organs
1: and two penises, so they're they're anyway. Yeah, they got,
3: yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think I don't think the Klingons are actually stronger they're than not. Vulcans, but they can take more damage because right. it's the idea of obviously you could stab a Klingon and they'd be like, ha ha, I've got two hearts. Hang on, hang
1: on, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Warhammer into this. Sinai's,
3: Warhammer.
1: are you saying that they are the ultimate Warhammer character?
3: No. Right. Okay, <laughs> moving on. The, um, to be fair, it's, it's, it's... Heresy! It's a kind of weird one, because there isn't really a Warhammer comparison, because in Warhammer 40k, you have the, the Eldar or the Aldari, but they're not actually stronger. They're not really a good equivalent for the Vulcans, because they are like that kind of race, whether they're superior overlooking thing, but they're not physically stronger... Yeah, I don't think there's a com uh, a parallel. She should have whooped out their
2: asses. And... Yeah, all all, yeah. all that means though
3: is just how like how much different Star Trek is to conventions. It it's something that managed to dodge the Lord of the Rings thing where everyone was like, oh, all of our races have to be like derivative of the Lord of the Rings and stuff. Mm. It's like, hang on, you got the ancient elder race like the Vulcans the wise ass people but then you also made them like the physically toughest and the like the strongest but also the most emotional and you're like and it's enough different to like Tolkien's elves to yeah it's why Star Trek's so good there aren't really equivalents to other things like Klingons aren't orcs you know um Andorians aren't
2: well, ask Gene and I asked Jean Jean he'll tell you. That's why I ripped this shit off, baby. You know? the, the, the whole thing about
3: enjoying Star Trek is not to watch interviews with Gene Roddenberry. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically <laughs> the way to. One stop girl, enjoying on on oh God.
0: Let's
3: um, look into what Gene did during his life. Oh, <laughs> the,
1: the, <laughs> put that
2: away, Gene.
3: <laughs> the the uh,
1: the ending of this though, where Kirk, how do you feel? I feel young, and mm-hmm. uh, the the closing monologue, uh, narrated by Spock. Which I think great. it was a beautiful yeah. way to end a fantastic movie. Mm. And I urge everyone out there, even Senoy's, if you were going to watch The Wrath of Khan, watch the director's version. Absolutely. Because mm. it just... It, it, you get director's versions where they change it. This enhances it. This mm-hmm. makes it infinitely better. Yeah. Um, because you get those tiny little context clues all the way through. Um, but I, I, I urge you to to watch Space Seed first to get a well-rounded opinion of Khan and then watch the director's cut of Wrath of Khan. Now, there is a question that we posted on the Nerdy Up North Twitter and Discord Indeed. yesterday, and I'm going to put it to you. I'm going to put it to Joe first.
2: Oh, put it to Joe, yes. <laughs> put it oh, to Joe. Joe. Really quick, put Alan it to you, had corrected Joe. me. So... Alan, directed me, he said that New Hampshire was the old man in the mountain. That's right where my aunt lives, so shame oh, wow. on me. The... Yeah. You I love guys, so the other just has like, loads of English
3: mean? places, but with "new" in front of it. Yes, <laughs> it has, there's no, other, like, no one looked at it went, this reminds me of Hampshire. They're like, no, it's, it's just the place. I'm just going to name when it. When the Hampshire.
1: Puritans escaped England for persecution, they didn't have a lot of imagination. They were like, we're free no. from England. What should we call this? Uh, new England. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> they
3: anything you want, you have absolute freedom here. You can do. Anything you want. You can call it anything you want. I will call it New England, <laughs> and we will keep the same religion we had as before. What town should we call uh, this? Been...
1: The same town in England, but it is in <laughs> Kentucky. What do you mean? Middlesbrough, Kentucky. Stockton, California. And you're just like, why? Uh, um, I like the idea of just being oh, like, okay, you... what, what,
3: what will you call this city? Uh, I came from York, New York. New York! Okay, well... What are you gonna call the state then?
2: New York. No, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> actually, hold on, hold on, guys. It was originally New Amsterdam. Sorry, you lose a point.
3: Ah.
2: <laughs> but uh, another thing, fun...
3: I, I, I know nothing about America. That's
1: find, okay. find a Springfield. I,
2: I'm, I'm in the men's. With it. Find find well, a
1: Springfield. You'll you'll hit about thirty. Yeah, there's a ton of them. Yeah. there's a ton of them. Uh, there's one in
2: here, New Jersey. New Jersey, there's a, th- New York. The state really gives up on its names because once you get past like Poughkeepsie, it starts to become Mexico, New York, Cairo, New York, Egypt, New York. <laughs> they did Germantown, New York. Really, it's just so like eh. Germantown. <laughs> <laughs> The, that's why they
3: couldn't remember what the German town they were trying to copy the name of sounded yeah, like. Yeah. So
1: like it's um, 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 like, you know
3: that German town. No, oh, no oh, Munich. <laughs> nein nein.
1: Munich. Um, So, uh, so the question was: Was Khan's wrath justified when the Federation didn't check on the Botany Bay survivors?
2: And I put that to you, Joe. Was Khan justified when they didn't? Show, it's like. Hmm. Yeah, I I always thought Khan's vengeance was very just. I just think he just went overboard. I totally believe that uh, if something would have happened, I would have lost my loved one after I was promised to check in, maybe some rations if things weren't going so swimmingly, because superior intellect means superior crops if the planet's conditions are just. Mm -hmm. But obviously with the situation of the planet exploding and everything switching and this is Sissy Alpha 5, uh, we obviously had a situation where we are not in a good way, and now my wife is dead. So the minute I get a chance to get off this planet, I am seeking revenge. But I wouldn't be so uh, two-dimensional about it. I would definitely go, okay, wait, spaceships do what? Okay, let's yeah. get sure everything is. And I probably would have bounced once I had my revenge. All right, he's stuck in the the, the cavern there. I'm, I'm heading on out. So nice.
3: It's it's a it's a difficult question because I'm pretty you know, yes. Like it's the fact of he's totally justified in his revenge because like the problem the problem I see it as is Kirk makes a mistake in Space Seed by letting Khan go free. Like it's everything in this movie is a mistake that Khan made that comes back to bite him in the ass. He should have been put in jail or stopped or something because it would never have ended well. But By the same token, Khan should have risen above his like petty vengeance and won. Like he, you know, literally he got the Genesis device, he got a ship, he had everything he needed and yet instead he threw it all away for petty vengeance. So it it is, it's like, but his wrath is justified. Like it's, yeah. So the 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 other title is justification of Khan. Yeah. Yeah, so in terms of the question, yes. But there's so much more discussion to be had about it, you know. Yeah. I I
1: agree with uh, both of you gentlemen that Khan's wrath is justified because the Federation severely dropped a ball. Mm. Because you have got a planet of augments in a system, you know where they are. Not one person fought should we maybe put a satellite in orbit? Should we maybe monitor this planet a little bit more closely? Because we have seen what happened in the eugenics wars and obviously the events of Star Trek Enterprise, maybe, you know. And they dropped the ball massively. And again, it's Kirk reaping what he sowed. And it's the consequences of his actions 15 years ago that are coming back to bite him in the ass, which is, again very unique for Star Trek because in most Star Trek, even up to present day, you just see them, you know, encounter a civilization, encounter a planet, something happens and their resolution is they leave and they go, oh, we'll do these changes. You just have to deal with that now. Bye. And with The Wrath of Khan, it's like, no, you made this decision 15 years ago. You did not bother to check on us. You were so... Lazy in your monitoring that you didn't even know that a planet in your territory exploded, that yeah. you you essentially left us to die.
2: So, so here's another question. Yeah. You have to think about it as the Federation is aware that then a whole planet of augments exists.
3: Yeah.
1: So
2: yeah. if you do think about it, and we have regular normie, like red shirts, so to speak, pop in on a planet, the minute they land on the planet, the spaceship gets them and they're gonna to get toast and Wrath of would have probably happened maybe ten years earlier. I, I mean, don't think yeah, the I think
1: I, I think maybe sorry. observing them, not actually landing on the planet, like knowing that, you know, do do not make contact but monitor the the situation.
3: I actually think it's probably the fact of they didn't want to own up to it. I think mm. that it was probably a case where they actually deliberately just wanted to brush it under the rug and be like Oh fuck! We've made this. We've kept this guy alive, so let's just forget about him and just pretend it never happened. It's like it's like um, you know, like America and the ta- the Taliban, where they Excuse sort me? of helped set it up and whatnot, and then sort of changed all these people's lives and stuff, and then just went, okay, now that's not our responsibility anymore. Let's leave that. And then the next time they come back, it's like oh, you now have a lot of people wanting revenge and a lot of people with a lot of bad sentiment kind of thing there. It's the idea of looking at your past mistakes and stuff or the consequences of your actions and dealing with it rather than just being like, oh, well, we don't need that anymore. Let's just ignore that and move on. And so I kind of think that maybe the Federation kind of like just, you know, was aware of it but went, oh, well, don't need to check up on them because it'll get awkward, you know, if you know he wants anything or if he wants to come back or anything and we have to you know have that line of communication and i think i think that's it and it's very much the film is about kirk learning the consequences of his actions
2: having to face the no win scenario yeah yeah. Faced,
0: yeah,
3: yeah yeah like going hey i made a mistake not bringing khan in for trial or not not because i don't know like i don't know how i feel about whether they should have actually killed Khan or something because it's not a very Federation thing to do but you're like he is a serious wild card like there is no way if they if they hadn't have dropped him on a planet if they'd actually given him a ship there's no way that I think Khan wouldn't have become like a crazy space pirate and tried to kill the galaxy I think he would have become
2: a a Terran ruler
3: yeah it 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 becomes the idea of so the, the fact is that he wants revenge because He wasn't allowed to become a dictator again. You know. And it's a bit like going,
2: You ruined my dictator. So I've done
3: good, but I've also done bad. You know, and that's the whole the, the unwinnable scenario. It's the fact of like, if you don't be the bad guy and kill Khan after the events of Space Seed, then you have to deal with the consequences. And the consequences are we lose lots of, you know, we lose a whole science station and we lose Spock and we lose like Scottish nephew. And... Yeah. 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 But no one cares about a bunch of kids. Like, Have just what's yes. like Star, uh, what is it? The second Star Wars film. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> Take
3: that, younglings. Master Skywalker, what are we going to do?
2: Hold on. I'm just I saw going
3: to. You're too English to live in this film, <laughs> I'm afraid. Have you Did ever you seen mean? Salami? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so on twitter with a whopping 71.4 percent of the vote yes khan's wrath was justified uh when the federation didn't check on the botany Bay survivors so noise
3: what is it on the older discordy waddy it doesn't tell me the percentages so i don't know what they're... so like just everyone everyone talk amongst yourselves what would be seven out of eight
2: just less than seven or nine. <laughs> 50
3: what is it
1: 51 to
0: 48 <laughs> whatever 51 to 48 wow that's yeah,
2: close so it,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah so it, no no it's um it's uh there's seven votes for yes and only one vote for no let's oh. check whether it's fucking nerdbot oh i, ha- I had that wrong it is fucking nerdbot okay everyone unanimously wow. everyone on discord voted for yes yeah There it is. But it's this thing. It's the idea of going like he is totally justified in his actions and his wrath and wanting revenge and stuff. But they could have avoided it. You know, like it's the idea of going, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been dealt with better in Guys, we we absolutely
1: as 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 all hardcore trekkies, we recommend The Wrath of Khan. I think it's a great entry point for for most people into Star Trek. Um, if you, if you want to get into Star Trek and, and like you look at the original series, and go. Oh, I don't know. I recommend the Wrath of Khan. You can completely bypass the motion picture, like Sonoy says. This was sort of the retconned original movie
3: for a just, lot of people. Just skip motion picture. Yeah. I'm, I'm still angry about it. I'm still angry about. But the you guys aren't that, like...
2: mad about the the space probe Voyager being behind all that stuff. I'm, no, look, no, it's like I might have twice. DJ, it's just, the it's the it's just benefits. Not a good movie. that
3: <laughs> spoils it that we've had to talk all these good Trek movies. We should. We had to talk about. I'm annoyed that I had to hate something that was Trek because I love Trek. The know? benefit no, of
1: the motion picture is we get the greatest starship ever designed. Mm. We get the refitted Enterprise. It is perfect in every single way, and we get at least three hours of ship porn all the way through it and I am happy about that it was a mediocre rejected script pushed onto the big screen in 79 to compete with Star Wars everyone knows that it got the crew back together and without that we wouldn't have had the Wrath of Khan but I and we urge, got bell hell yeah we got bell and yeah. I I personally watched Space Seed watched the director's cut of Wrath of
2: Khan
3: would you both agree? absolutely yeah. That is
1: fantastic, and you still have to they see are, the
2: director's cut. So I, nice.
3: I still haven't seen it. I'm gonna, well,
2: oh. if well, I have
3: time, I'll try watching it. Well, if I can find it. It, it, knowing this, it's probably on Paramount Plus, but you have to pay extra or something. I'll be like, oh, no, no, oh, no, no. See you later, Mark. Thank see you, you later, Mark. In. As Mark, leaves, you, Mark. We are, we are getting an incoming transmission. Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, yes, what? Sorry, no, do the, do this, do this.
1: Okay. Incoming transmission. Oh sweet lord, it's back. Oh.
2: It's the double just, wheel.
1: I am mentally scarred by this goddamn wheel for what it delivered <laughs> to me last Wheels week. Wheels are deadly.
2: They, Wheels they are, are deadly, are, yes. Or agonists. Yeah, it's Wheel of Agony overwards. Science so, Officer Sanois, what were you
1: going to say?
3: And No, I'll say it after this bit. Oh, Jesus.
1: Right. <laughs> for those new to Trekking Up North, this is the double wheel of episodes. And what we do every week, unless it's a movie week, we spin the Darbo Wheel of episodes, which has every... or Code of Honour. Shut your pretty mouth. Every <laughs> week we spin the Darbo Wheel, and whatever it lands on, we must review it the week after. The last time we spun this, I wanted to take a phaser to my brain. Because candle we... slag! Because we landed on Subrasa, candle slag. Um, yeah. Did Dinner light a candle? Um it was an experience, and it, I maintain was, uh, that the only positives was the sets were nice. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. It's Time Beverly Snatch. Like... It's Beverly Snatch, everybody.
3: Oh, well, I've still actually got all of it. It's, Doctor it's like Snatch. I haven't actually tidied up my room. Have you not tidied up?
1: Oh, my oh, God.
3: <laughs> I can't even change the filters on my lights. I'm too far away. <laughs> uh <laughs> the, that's how busy my week has been i haven't even tidied up this like area at all it's still got everything here
1: but this these are the rules that we stick to with the dabo wheel we spin the wheel when it lands we all yell at the top of our lungs dabo and whatever it lands on we must review next week i will start this week with joe
2: joe what do
1: you hope to see in next week's episode of
3: trekking up north
2: now this is a- absolutely at random. There's even good ones in here too, right? Oh yeah, now, like, every, like, every, every everything words, is it's in like, there. Everything the is there. Percent episodes.
3: No, Discovery isn't in there. Oh, that's a the shame. The movies aren't in there. And okay. we've taken the original series out for the time being. Because oh, we've had too far too many original series. Because obviously, uh, Isaac from Unblind, Unplanned Trek, Unplanned. Unbland right? It's like yogurt. Yeah, it's not bland. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, very yeah. exciting. Where's my grandma's um, diary? Quiet Isaac. <laughs> 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 but, it's, but it's yeah, so basically we were like, hey, we've taken it out simply because we had far too many episodes. And even right, though right, it right. is totally it's random, hard to watch some of them. Yeah. we well, yeah. say it's, it's it's totally and utterly random. The only time we've ever fixed it is when we did um the the joke. The the joke where it literally only moved between Subrosa and Code of Honor. Yeah, thank you for giving me and that mini heart attack. Yeah, you. But yeah, but then because I don't know if you saw that Joe, but I fixed it so it landed. So it basically looked like it was only choosing between Code of Honor and Subrosa.
2: Yeah, no, we did the same but thing because it was for us. It was Henson. Code of Honor. Oh. We were trying to avoid it forever because in the agony booth, we go back and we purposely watch yeah. the harder to watch ones. And it was—it got to the point where every time we removed an episode, we put back Code of Honor. (laughs) So it was purposely. But it lasted so long that uh, when I had to run the wheel, when Jace had to go for an event, uh, it was about, like, 90 episodes Code of Honor. And I forgot (laughs) to remove one of the old episodes. And it literally landed on another episode that we still haven't seen. So for whatever reason, the odds were forever in our favor. But for you guys, I have watched Code of Honor and I really hope it's not Code of Honor because that <laughs> episode is so hard to watch. To be fair. Um, I did favorite... for so
3: long of not wanting Sabrosa. And then when we eventually got it, I was like, that was quite fun talking about that. We but still got when it. When it appeared, I was just. You can see, oh, like, how much I laugh about it, because I'm like, oh, God. I've been I've been asking for this for so long, and now it's finally happened. I'm like, oh, God. Much like Kirk, you reaped
2: tackle? what you sowed. We still haven't <laughs> hit Sub Rosa. It's on the list now. Oh, that Genesis is an awful one. So a bad episode, I'm hoping for you guys, Genesis, because I'd like to see what you guys have to say about that one. That's the <laughs> one where everybody got reverted into, like, space babies or whatever, like uh, primal versions of themselves.
3: That's TNG, isn't it? Yeah, TNG. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, uh and then good episodes. Um maybe well, I I think the first half of when Data and Lore take over the Borg. Oh, we've that done that great. one. We've done that yeah, one we already. Have. We, we, we did, did the that, two parts.
3: Part
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Uh Sonoise, what are you hoping for? And if you say code of Honor, I will
3: come to your house and i don't, don't want the last time i was like oh code of honor and then we got no i was like oh code of honor or sub Rosa, and then we got sub Rosa. uh i, I kind of like what chris christopher's saying in the chat of sub Rosa again no and the hilarious no. thing is it could happen no because i didn't take it out of no. the actual no. thing no. no there is while it is tiny there is a chance of getting an episode that we've already got again, no. because we moved it to a different server. And... No, 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 no. no. But, uh, or maybe you could be. I, you know me. I just want. I want any DS9. I'll be happy with any DS9. I think. The oh, oh, is... Or, unless it's Move the...
2: Along Home, you're not gonna want to watch that I know. One. I'd home. be fine with that. Okay, I'd be like, fine with oh, that. I just. We like, just re-watched Storyteller, and let me tell you, I couldn't watch that one again.
3: Storyteller, which is Storyteller That's
2: again? DS9 season one, episode fourteen, where Brian goes. The Do-Rock oh. comes, and the village is strong! You oh, know, it's, it's it's terrible, but at least yes. it kind
3: of starts the Bashir-O'Brien relationship.
2: Yes, it's, yes. That
3: is the only good thing to come out of that episode. And, yeah. But that means you have to watch it, because you're like, how do they suddenly become friends? And you're like, because they were in a shit episode together. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm reading the chat. Jake wants Measure of a Man.
3: That's a great good, one. A, That's episode. a great
1: episode. <laughs> uh, so
3: many people like Sub so good. Nerdy Up North.
1: Yeah. Paul wants uh, anything from, and I severely hope that this is dyslexia. Voyager. Uh, <laughs> ah! V-ger. V-ger. I like. I like your know, VJ. It's VJ. No, no not not we're not that shit. Again.
2: Isaac wants Year of Hell.
1: That's a good episode. That's it's a, a great, great part, episode. Yeah, it's a Red's part, in yeah. it
2: from uh, or the bad guy from RoboCop. Kurtwood
1: Smith. Yeah. Uh, maybe an Enterprise underwear one so all of them oh
2: yeah Uh, all of them yeah animated series oh oh you got TAS in here now Uh, we don't
3: but let's pretend pretend. oh okay we have
2: (laughs) I don't. Think, I don't. The magics of Mengus two on our wheel. We have. Ooh. I probably need to put
3: a, a wheel of animated series in. That's a good one. Uh, to be fair, after what is what we'll do is after we've had a couple more episodes of like Voyager and DS nine, I'll put original series back in and I'll put the animated series in. Yeah, uh, they deserve to be in there. I think.
1: Are we ready? To spin yeah. this wheel of anxiety, which you have given
2: me. Oh no, copyright! That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> the wheel of anxiety. Okay, the wheel of
1: agony. <laughs> now remember, everyone, when it lands, we all have to yell "double." So, are we ready, Indeed. gentlemen?
2: Yes. Three, two, one. Oh my god! I hate this so much. <laughs> the was.
1: Double. Space Nine Covenant. Oh, that was a fun and, one. Oh, is this the Taraknall one where Golda cat has got a cult? Is this Nerdy Up North DS9? <laughs> <laughs> Just,
0: <laughs>
3: Just
1: son of a bitch, it is. It literally yeah. is.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: this yeah, is yeah. pretty late on, but still fantastic. Yeah, this wow. is a
1: fantastically dark episode. Season seven, episode nine, Covenant. Kira what? is abducted by a cult that worships the Parace and is led to their master, Goldukat.
2: Is this the one where he opens the box and he's like, oh, everybody's using it as a meme currently on Twitter? <laughs> I don't don't think it's that one no it is the it is the one where it's like there's a
3: baby that's blatantly off Cardassian yeah and like yeah
1: um. and he's he's just like oh, it is it's divine it's yeah it's a blessing <laughs> it's a blessing that the 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 pirates made him Cardassian definitely not me dicking your wife it's
2: Isaac you think chrysalis is hard to watch I love chrysalis is fantastic with laws JG Hertzler not playing a Klingon—that was amazing. Oh, man. oh, wow! Well, oh, when we land that on ours, we're gonna make sure to pull you up, uh, <laughs> Isaac.
1: I can't believe we've got covenant. This oh. is—I already saw this the other week as well.
2: Oh um, wow!
1: This is a this is a truly brilliant episode because we get gold to cut. Finally, on trekking up yeah. north, we get a Gulda Cat episode.
2: Well, arguably one also, of the best. We villains. get a
3: Gul'der Cat and a Kira episode. Yes, and it's the yeah. fact of we haven't been able to talk about Kira that much because we've only had like two episodes of DS9 ever, and um, it obviously the, the last, last one, one she was watched. just one sentence. Yeah, yeah, she she just appears to get a check basically. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm still getting paid.
2: Bye. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Um. Wow. I'm really excited. I'm really excited.
1: That is. Yeah. This is,
2: yeah.
1: That is a yawn. Wow. That is next week's episode of Trekking Up North, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Season Seven, Episode Nine, Covenant. Mm. It is available in the UK on Netflix and Paramount Plus. So, oh, you guys have
2: it on Netflix. Oh, yeah. we
1: we we absolutely do because Paramount are oh, a train oh, wreck. Really? So we have it on Netflix as well. So I urge everybody because again, it's DS Nine. And it's a gold de Cat episode. You get to truly appreciate Mark Lino as one of mm-hmm. possibly the greatest villains in Star Trek history.
2: Yeah. Um, absolutely. Him and, and General Chang. General mm-hmm. Chang, oh. So oh. good. Cry have it? her! <laughs> Answer the question now! It's like, damn, I don't even speak, Leon. Like, come on. <laughs> um
1: so that is next week's episode. I do have a bit of wonderful news, though, in relation to Nerdy Up North, that I would
3: like to
0: oh, let oh, oh, everybody know. Oh, this again. oh, oh we're sh- never going to hear the end of it!
1: Shut your pretty <laughs> face! I love the
0: idea of
3: what an amazing achievement it is, and I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. The
1: Nerdy Up North community, as of half past six in the Ooh. UK, achieved ten thousand members in the Facebook community and tw- nearly well just over 20- and i'm three of them
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and 29,000 uh members of the page which is terrifyingly insane and if it could translate into youtube subscribers that would
0: help us a lot
3: um
0: I, but it's, it's a huge genuinely... achievement
3: it's, it's genuinely sne- shocking, and I don't think, like, Paul's celebrating, and Paul's like, what a great achievement, but, like, Paul doesn't seem to have factored in how much Kool-Aid and how many pairs of sneakers that's going to be when the mothership <laughs> finally takes off, you know?
2: well, like, is it, it a comment from Christopher saying that uh, Paul has agreed to cosplay as Sailor Moon at 10k. So is that true? Are we going to get uh, oh, Sailor Moon for I am no, paying no, pay real money for that. Well, it's not YouTube
1: because when we hit 10,000 on YouTube, he has to dress as Lionel from the yeah, Wow, That was that was a thing. So, I remember that's, that. that being that's that's the oh, thing. So oh, Sailor I Moon. I can't wait
2: for these things. If you need something, I'll say you, that. Know. You need <laughs> to get Lionel. So
1: now will borrow you the wig,
2: but uh, you need to get there your you own go. dress.
1: Um, wow. Joe, what <laughs> yes, is sir. happening on Captain's Quadrant? The next captain's
2: week. quadrant is going through such a transition and we are grateful for it we're about we are about to hit 1000 subscribers over on our channel we are um switched to all star trek i am the co-host of captain's quadrant and also playing video games now because i got a free copy of star trek prodigy what? So i'm playing that every <laughs> friday night yeah i've been doing that for a little bit um but we are excited we will be hosting a panel at trek long island this june uh, we are going to bring our co-hosts all together in one space in one time somehow, which is going to be quite amazing. Our um, amazing host, Jason Roy Gaston, is coming from Texas. And our amazing producer, who does all the wonderful colors and panels and things that go bump in the night, he is coming all the way from Australia. And we're all getting together for the first time ever at Trek Long Island. That and is, really is going to be wonderful. exciting. And I am interviewing uh Tar-Zio, Melanie Smith, next April. That's from Deep Space Nine, uh, Sacrifice of Angels, season six.
0: Hmm.
2: Over again in Long Island, thanks to Trek Long Island, I'll be interviewing her after watching Sacrifice of Angels in person, and uh, she'll be talking about her new book. So that is going to be exciting. So a lot of exciting things happening in the Captain's Quadrant. We have some special guests coming on, and we just had an author, uh, Corinne Norden, mm-hmm. who joined us last night for an amazing rewatch of Discovery, Such Sweet Sorrow, which is arguably the best um, current Trek Hmm. uh, Discovery for sure episode, but current Trek episode. So it's a lot of fun. So be sure to join us. And I thank you, Goodwill, as a friend and as a buddy to just kind of hang out and explore Trek together and see certain ways and things that uh, we couldn't believe or see ourselves. And I am looking forward to possibly chilling with you in the future. And, of course, Sanoise, it's always good to honk with you here and scream about City Alpha 5. <laughs> Could you say it one more time? I love That's it. That's a City Alpha
0: 5!
2: <laughs> that, that might be my new favorite
3: thing, just how well
2: you can do it.
3: It's... Yeah, I've
2: seen this movie probably many times as you've been alive. So
3: <laughs> we, we need we need to, like, meme it and just have him have, like, Khan in random
2: places or whatever. <laughs> I was like... thinking, I have a soundboard, and, like, I was going to... Like, I have the sounds of uh, decloaking ships, but I was thinking about putting having cons screaming City Alpha 5 or something like that, but uh, I never got around to it. It's lazy. You could just, uh, you just do
1: sketches, couldn't you? Like, to pull up with a dry through. This is City Alpha 5. Sure, it's a Wendy's. <laughs> And it's just, <laughs> I like the idea that it's like,
3: yeah, the, the, the mailman comes round and he's just like, Hi, I've got a, a parcel for Seti Alva 6.
0: This it is, is seti five. Five. <laughs> um, yes.
1: You can follow the Captain's Quadrant uh, in the link in the description below. Uh, I have got a busy weekend coming up. I am Ooh. with Isaac and Andy and Mark at Unplanned Trek, or someone called it Unbland Trek. Unbland to the yoghurt version. Uh, yogurt. The fromage fray <laughs> of podcasts. The uh, We are live, I think we're live tomorrow. We are continuing the Fifty Shades of Trek series that they are doing, and we will be watching live the TNG episode Devil's Jew. And trying to make it raunchy as anything. So that is over on the Unplanned Trek YouTube channel. Again, links in the description below. Everyone else that we love and that we are friends with, we have got all the descriptions below. We've got the Shuttle Pod Show, we've got Trek Culture, we've got Sci Fi Queens, we've got Clone Star Podcast, we've got Mike Overton, we've got GL Sawyer, we've got the Velvet Snatch, we've got the Goyle Podcast, we've got Twitch, we have got the lovely 200.36 foot tall Viking god, a musician who made the Trekking Up North intro, Adam Astridge Daddy. Daddy. He's really that tall? Hey, I you could climb well, him uh, like a I, tree. I was oh my, on my god, knees that's at the amazing. Time. Yeah. Uh, Sinoise, you are also doing the Snatch Talk again.
3: I am doing Snatch Talk. Uh, if you don't know what Snatch Talk is, basically there is a very famous, like it is now in its 16th year, uh, drag competition in Newcastle called Drag Idol. And I do the backstage correspondence for it. So I basically do the companion show where I basically summarise what happened every week of the competition who went through, you know, like what happened in their performances, as long as well as uh, exclusive interviews, interviews with uh, contestants and whatnot. And it just started up uh, Sunday, just gone, and it's running for the next five weeks. Uh, and it is a lot of work for me to put episodes together. So if you can, it will be wonderful if you subscribe to my YouTube channel of the Velvet Snatch. Uh, and watched some Snatch Talk to see if you like this competition because it's bizarre like even though it's this it feels like a small time thing in Newcastle we have so many people outside of it around the world interested in this drag competition in Newcastle like we had it where like loads of winners when I was at DragCon in January we have loads of like international queens who have been on like Drag Race like a Spanier or been on the American version of Drag Race and they're like oh yeah I watch that on YouTube every year and it's like what this this random competition from like some sort of you <laughs> guys? for you. But, yeah, and it, it's really fun. So it's but it's a lot of work. So basically, like this is why I have to kind of say, hey, I'm not gonna. Be like guesting on anything. I'm like trekking up north is the only thing I'm doing aside from this for the next five weeks. Because... And and
2: you're going to be in drag while you're doing this, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, yeah. So in, your makeup in, is on point. I just want to say. Oh, I'm
3: thank going. you. No, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in drag on the, the on the Sunday night because obviously you have to be on camera interviewing people and stuff. And then I get into drag on Tuesday when I need to film the studio bits where it's me talking to the camera. So it's uh, amazing. It's a lot of work, but yeah. Um also before we finish, just while I've got the mic, uh, I want everyone still watching, everyone in the chat, because this is the last time we're gonna get to do it, I want you all to just yell Khan in your house, okay? On the count of three, I want you to be oh hold on. What we'll do is I'll on the count of three, and then you say the line, Joe. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say the line and then everyone watching at home. I don't care if your kids are sleeping, I don't care if your dog's on your lap. You know, I want you to be like, okay, cool. <laughs> right, okay. On the gallery.
2: One, two, three. There, is.
0: Come <laughs> there we go. I've got out my
2: system. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. Do you have any more drink left, Goodwill? Nope. <laughs> nope. So I guess that's officially end. Oh, one more thing. I'm gonna be uh, a guest on the Strange New Pod and their days of disco series two very yeah, good i did see that's that. gonna be a lot of fun this and sunday... everybody in the chat is conning right now Con! <laughs> this
3: sunday <laughs> thanks we... the noise ben's crying yeah. now
2: this...
1: Yeah. <laughs> this sunday on the main nerdy up north podcast we are talking about uh, the bbc's modern version of sherlock uh, with um, bbc is the one with
2: christopher bennett bitch
1: uh bendy bus cabbage patch uh
2: um, yeah, <laughs> um,
1: so we are
2: <laughs>
1: so we are we are reviewing that with the bbc radio star emma millen uh, who is a friend of the nerdy up north uh team. amazing so we uh will be doing that on sunday i will be back on tuesday twitching what i will be doing will it be me will it be oh, one yeah, of my many cousins her. You will have to wait and see, because I would like to keep you all on your toes. In the future, the one more thing before we close up, the Shuttlepod live show in Los Angeles, California, April 12th to the 14th, in aid of many, many charities, Hollywood Food Coalition and Pancan. We will be having a lovely live show with special guests, quizzes, and obviously a lot of drink i will be there i will be doing an episode of trekking up north from los angeles so how the hell i'm going to get this microphone and a laptop through customs it's going to be up my bum so other than that do you 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 uh, um,
3: uh, you uh, want to borrow my um lapels lapels. i might have to um other
1: than that uh, myself, the lovely Joe Dove and science officer Sanois will all be at STLV in Ooh, Las,
3: be there Las Vegas, be there. Nevada my first, ben- my first venture to the colonies
2: Nice. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to New England and New York and I lo- New York. Lo- because we do how have a new one. Everyone is
3: just like, yeah. It's not called New Las Vegas, and I'm just like, we don't have. A- <laughs> nah, oh, nah. Hold on, the one place that they named originally. You know? There was <laughs> a New Vegas, but, we don't know. Uh, but-, yeah. <laughs> but um. It's it's really funny though that everyone's like okay so your first impression of America is going to be Las Vegas. That is the worst like but first, I do like, say the I, representation. I always
1: say to people if you can handle Las Vegas you can handle any place in America.
2: True. Exactly. You, you it's can. also the hottest place in America so that's yeah. a good start.
1: You will you will be the most cooked goose at the Star
3: Trek (laughs)
2: convention you are going to be the most moist
3: snatch in uh, (laughs) in all of Las
2: Vegas (laughs) no no it's too dry nothing will ever get moist oh you're going to get a dry snatch sandy snatch Uh, sandy snatch (laughs) there it is yeah yeah.
1: shall we wrap it up gentlemen (laughs) yeah there we go oh my dears right everybody thank you so much for for joining in in the chat tonight it really does mean the world to us thank you for everyone who is watching this back on the record what do you think of the wrath of khan leave a comment below did you like wrath of khan did you hate wrath of khan i want to know let us know in the comments below don't forget to like this video subscribe to the nerdy up north youtube channel and all of our social media ventures that are that are right down there and all of our friends of trekking up north until next week my lovelies take care of yourselves and each other live longer and prosper and as always miles miles miles